Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. This is SENZ Breakfast. Uh, I would normally say with Izzy and Ricardo, but as we all know, Izzy is doing his Homer Simpson impersonation and is on the donut at the New Zealand Open. He tees off in the Pro-Am at around 5 to 9 this morning. We will have him on the blower at about 20 to 8, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, And that means, off the bench, Hammy's well and truly stretched. Mitch McClanagan, good morning, bro. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, well off the bench. It's been a long time. <laughs> no, but it's always good to walk into the studio, mate. Colin Munro's banging it on the TV, 61 off 34. So still got it. So that's a, a nice thing to walk into this morning. Yeah, playing in the old PSL for Hess's team, which brings the questions, why didn't Hess select him more when he was the cricket coach in New Zealand? <laughs> He's got him in his team. I, I think we probably need to correct that. It's uh, Colin Munro's team. Oh. Hess, Hess inherited the head coach role right, this year. I see. So, that's that's the way around. So, so we'll see who who's who's there after this year. I was going to say Munners is shopping for a new team. Okay, <laughs> um, good to know, mate. Good to know. It has been a while. What have you been up to? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Um, a lot of commentary um, yep. since I saw you last at the ICC World Cup qualifiers, which is good fun. Um, did a bit of coaching, um, some academy stuff, and just come back from the ILT20. Uh, you know, that rogue league that mm-hmm. David White said uh, will come and go, and now he's the CEO of. Yes, that <laughs> so, one. <laughs> that league. Yeah. Uh, so I've been over there with Mumbai uh, and their team, Mumbai Emirates. And um, thankfully, uh, I was over there as bowling coach, and we walked away with the win. Nice. So Congratulations. First big comp and first first win. So. Is, is, um, is David White's son still playing in that comp? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, funnily enough, that was a... Um, there was an experiment uh, for young development, players' development, that only lasted one year. Right, okay. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Oh, good stuff. Uh, and uh, you've, you've you've added a, a new member of the family since uh, since last I saw you as well, mate. Congratulations. I, I have. I have indeed. Um, was obviously a bad man in my past life uh, because <laughs> I've had another girl, um, little Bronte. So she she was she arrived four weeks ago, mate. So she's all go at my house. Yeah, well, who needs sleep, eh? Well, yeah, we all need sleep. <laughs> Just not getting it enough, unfortunately, yourself. A, a toddler and a one-month-old. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, add up perfect. to a lot of sleep, it's eh? It's great, isn't it? No, yeah, no, good, mate. Good, good, good. Been busy. Been busy as. Um, mine, uh, mine is 11, and I'm taking her first concert next month, so uh, that'll be that'll be interesting. How many guitars are going to be playing? Oh, lots of guitars. Okay. Lots of guitars. Yeah, she's uh, probably probably a little bit of my influence, but yep. she, she's very much her own person. But uh, she uh, she's a big fan of Hailstorm. I don't know if you know Hailstorm. No. Uh, they're uh, similar to Taylor Swift, I'm sure. No, no, no. More more like I don't know, sort of uh, ACDC with a female lead singer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. There you go. So uh, Lizzie Hale. She's a big fan of Lizzie Hale. So she's all over that. 
Perfect. Singing, playing piano, doing the whole lot. Yeah, none of your influence there at all. None, none, none whatsoever. Hey, we should talk some uh, talk some sport though. Uh, coming up on the show, Zan Sullivan out of the Blues. I talked to him yesterday. Uh, we'll we'll play that out for you later on. And Nick White, the Chiefs. Uh, Ford's coach joins us after seven. Izzy, as I mentioned, out of uh, the New Zealand Golf Open. Marcus Wheelhouse as well. Ryan Fox's coach, he's joining us after eight. No Foxy at the tournament, but he does uh, look after a couple of other players that are playing down there, so it'd be good to get his insight. And then Rob Wellwood for a love racing update before nine o'clock as well. So plenty to get our uh, teeth stuck into. Uh, let's get into our Adidas Golf Voucher giveaway with Who Am I? 100 bucks. Adidas Golf Vouchers for the new Tour 360-24 from Adidas Golf, available now at adidas.co.nz. If you know the answer, double eight double three, the Temper Bed Post text line. Here is clue number one. I played first 15 for Kings and won the 1A comp with them. I played first 15 with Kings mm-hmm. and won the 1A comp with them. Who am I? Double eight double three. Let us know. Correct answers are in the draw. We'll draw that before 9 o'clock today. Am I allowed uh, to say that they played in the Fords? Am I allowed to say that? Okay, you can say that. Okay, just you throw it out there. Yeah, just playing to the Fords. All right. Mm. Um, now, uh, interesting, mate, we've got a uh, a, a few – uh, well, we've got a big test match starting today, obviously. We've got live coverage here from 10 o'clock. But so a few question marks. So no Devin Conway. Will Young comes in at the top. Uh, what do you make of that move? Uh, did they have any other moves? At the top of the order, no, probably not. I think uh, the guys on the A Tour are probably not quite ready. Um, Will Young's been in... Uh, brilliant form. He's been magnificent of late um, and deserves his chance. So, unfortunately for him, he's that uh, that little puzzle piece that moves around all the time, but it also just shows how highly he's thought of within that setup. And I think we've seen the class of him just recently, um, particularly in the one day format of the game. So, it's nice to see him get an opportunity at the top. Um, I think he'll do well. Um, he's always been that guy who probably could slot into that Kane Williamson role once Kane finishes up. Um, but uh, all power to him today. Um, obviously, that poses the question, you know, do you bring another batter? And they've obviously brought Henry Nichols in, who's gone back to domestic cricket. And, and credit to him, he's, he's gone back and scored a lot of runs uh, in the one-day competition, um, was instrumental in them getting to the final and winning the finals. So uh, he's in good form. Do they play him? Uh, look, I think they're probably going to lean away from playing that extra batter. I think... Uh, Phillips slots in at six. You've got Blundell at seven. Mitchell's back, obviously, from injury, so he's in at five. So there's probably not a slot there with the way Rutchen played in that last test. So it probably gives him the option to play an all-rounder at, at eight. Uh, who that is? Uh, is it Mitchell Satner? Do they play a spinner? Um, or do they look at Scott Kugelon? That's probably the big question. Yeah, well, that's, um, that is the question because I, I read this yesterday uh, because Stead and, and, and Saudi uh, fronted a presser and this grabbed my attention, right? Uh, since the start of 2000, spin bowlers have averaged 40.84 at the basin, pace bowlers 31.93. Saudi said the presence of Ravindra and Phillips in the top six gives him some confidence that they have spin bowling options if they are to pick four seamers. Reading between the lines, Kugelon's playing, isn't he? Yeah, based off that, you'd have to think so. Um, and based off, 
Based on what we've seen in the last test, obviously with the retirement of, of Neil Wagner, they're probably looking for someone to come and, and apply that enforcer role as well mm. against the Australians. We've seen how successful Wagner was over the years against Steve Smith and Travis Head and Matthew Wade bouncing them out. So you're going to need a, a player who can do that role and, and Kugelon is that player. Um, it's probably been a better form than with the ball and Tickner and, and the likes. So it kind of makes sense. Duffy doesn't come into the equation if that's the role that they're looking for. Duffy's a genuine opening bowler. He's probably more a backup to Tim Southey in this setup. So if Southey was to go down, you'd imagine Duffy would be first in line for that role. But Kugelon fits into that role of being able to, yes, bowl with the new ball, get a bit of swing. He's swinging it more than he has done in the last couple of years. He's a little bit more round arm than he has been in the past couple of seasons. Um, but he also possesses that skill to be able to come in and, and extract some bounce. And he does offer a lot with the bat. Um, he he's a good striker of the ball lower down and and is you know capable with the bat and and maybe that's maybe that's what they want to see they they don't want to play a Duffy or a, a Tickner who's who yes they can hold a bat to a degree but they're probably not going to contribute forty or fifty runs at the back end if the top order gets in trouble. Now this is our triple threat, our three big questions today. We kind of covered off question one, which was going to be how to stead change the batting lineup to cover uh, Conway's injury. Um, but the uh, other question that I've got for you is we've got a New Zealand golf open on. Uh, it's he's off today. It's at Millbrook. Have you played Millbrook? Yeah, I have. Lovely course. Right. Cracking course. What are the dangers as a player playing Millbrook? I mean, I know, what do you play off these days? Oh, uh, four or five. Yeah, yeah, right. So you're all right, but you've you've played off what one, two in the yeah, past. Yeah, been low. Yeah. So yeah, so you you're a player that could have maybe played pro am or even qualified. What are the dangers for a player like yourself going to Millbrook? What are the what are the dangers of that course? What challenges does it present? Well, probably specific to the New Zealand Open, probably the drinks they had last night is <laughs> <laughs> probably number one. Um, and for Izzy, if he has a bad round today, the drinks he's going to have tonight. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's a little bit safer down there at the moment, I believe, because Baz hasn't been there, yeah. uh, obviously with his test duties. So a few sighs of relief, I, I imagine, from a few people. Um, but I'm sure those that are the off-course off dangers are, are high for the New Zealand Open. The course, the course is spectacular. Uh, the new nines that they've brought in, we saw that last year, uh, the remarkable course, um, beautiful um, into the landscape down there in, in Queenstown. It um, can be challenging driving. There's a few blind holes, um, but the, the greens are quite undulating. And, and if you miss the wrong tier on a few of those greens or, you're in the, or you end up above the hole, it's quite a tricky golf course. So... Imagine as the week goes on, it'll get more difficult. Let's just hope the wind's down for, for a few of the amateurs out there. But we're going to see some good golf. It's a, You say without Ryan Fox there, but it's still a really good field and, mm. and a strong Kiwi contingent. So looking forward to seeing the first round kick off this morning. Yeah, it's a really competitive field. We'll bring you score updates after they tee off as well uh, throughout this morning and tomorrow morning as well. Now, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but Scott mm. Kugeline. It's a, it's a bit of a head scratch for me, but uh, Stead told us, he was on with us earlier in the week, that he was selected ahead of Duffy and Tickner because he can bat eight. And then we got a couple of texts afterwards and got thinking about it, suggesting that, is that really what you want to base your bowling selection on, as to where the guy can bat? Uh, well, I guess kind of touched on it. It's whether they, whether they think that they're going to need that extra batter. 
mm. against Australia. You're looking at one of the best seam bowling attacks in the world. You get bringing them into New Zealand conditions where the ball will move around a touch. So there is a chance that you might not get through that new ball against Australia and you probably might need someone who can bat with a Tom Blundell or a, a Glenn Phillips or Daryl Mitchell towards the end. So um, tactically, I don't mind it. Um, if there was a bigger gap between Scott Kugline Blair Tickner or Jacob Duffy in terms of skill-wise with the ball, then I think it'd probably come into question a little bit more. But I think they're probably going to be able to do a similar job with the ball. Because that's that was the my next question for you on Kugeline. You've seen more of Kugeline than I've seen mm-hmm. of Kugeline, but my impression is very workmanlike. Whereas somebody like Duffy has the ability to move the ball more. That's where I thought they might go, or even potentially if they're looking for a like for like with Jamison, uh, Doug Bracewell. He's got history against Australia. Yeah, look, Doug Bracewell's an interesting one, right? He um, seems to be the forgotten man of New Zealand cricket and um, forgotten by everyone but Stephen Fleming who took him over to the SAT20 comp. Mm. So he obviously still rates him. I think he's been quality domestically for, for some time. Um, you know, He, again, is probably in Duffy's shoes in terms of being a replacement for Tim Southey. Um, or Matt Henry at the top if they if they were injured. But they need that enforcer. Now Wagner's not there. They need someone to come in and hit the deck. So Scotty could probably get a tick in that. Yeah, what, what does he offer like with the ball? What does he do with the ball? Yeah, good question. Um, he's just He just came over to the ILT20 bowl with a new ball for, for the Delhi Capitals side or Dubai Capitals side and swung the ball a lot. So if there is um, a bit of movement in the air, um, he's been swinging the ball away uh, quite considerably. He's a lot closer to the stumps than he used to be. Um, so he is getting that movement towards the slips. So that's positive. Outside of that, he's just got a lot of ticker, um, a lot of heart and a lot of ticker. And he'll, he'll run in all day, like you say, workmanlike, but runs in with good energy, creates chances in test matches if, if the wicket does flatten out, which it can do at the base. And if you mm. get through that new ball, day two, day three, day four, better the bat, um, he can create ch- chances. He can extract extra bounce. So he actually slots into that side quite nicely in terms of a different option with the ball. Willow Rourke had a, had a great debut. Um, he can extract that extra bounce as well. Um, but uh, Kugeline can do those bouncer plans probably a little bit better than those other two. Yeah, it was a pity that Jamison's been ruled out because I was looking forward to him and, and O'Rourke having a crack at the Aussies together. I thought that would have been uh, that would have been damn good. It's interesting you talk about replacing Southey as as an opening bowler. You know, someone like a Duffy or a Bracewell, because from what I understand, a lot of the reason that Neil Wagner has retired is he's basically being told he's not fast enough anymore. But then Tim Southey's only bowling one twenty one twenty five. So I mean, is Tim Southey? fast enough anymore or is it just because he's captain and a senior player that's been there so long that he's still in the mix <laughs> good question <laughs> good question look I think Tim Southey's there because he's got 376 test wickets uh, you know he's got a good 100 on on what Waggy's done um, he's got the experience yep he's the skipper uh, but his ability to knock the top off with the new ball is, is still um, the best in the country um, yep He's done, had a lot of his career. What he played forty Test matches with with Bolton and Wagner. Um, they definitely contributed to his performances in the past. But I think he's still got that skill. He's still got that knack with the new ball to be able to to take wickets at the top. So uh, I think Saudi will be able to write his own script. Um, unfortunately for for Wagner, 
um, is in a position where he wasn't able to write his own script and and play his last game for New Zealand, which from my side is um, really disappointing. It would have been great if if they had have known that Wagner wasn't going to be part of this series and he was going to retire. It would have been great to see him walk out at the mount where his family is, um, you know, where the locals all know him and get around him. It would have been nice to see him finish there, or even at Hamilton, which is just a skip across the road. Uh, it would have been nice mm-hmm. for him to get that that real swan song uh, that he probably deserves. I mean, he's the fifth fifth leading wicket taker for New Zealand. Um, you know, it's only Bolt, Vittori, Hadley, and Southey above him. So uh, it's a man who probably deserved to to walk off in the whites, holding the ball up. It's not a bad. It's not a bad um, mix of companies, in, is it? Oh, proper, proper, yeah, proper, proper company. Uh, so on that then, so Wags is what thirty eight and is retired because he obviously wasn't probably getting enough pace, generating enough pace anymore. Mm-hmm. How much longer do you reckon Tim Southey has got at this level? I mean, I, I expect at some point he will retire, but will continue to play T Twenty and maybe just go offshore and not have a central contract. That's kind of what I assume. I don't know, but you, you know, how long do you reckon he's got in say the Test arena and leading this Test team? I would have said that you could be right around that um, a couple of years ago mm. before this last master agreement was done. But the the contracts for the top players um, are quite significant now. Um, Saudi playing for New Zealand would be getting close to, if he played all the games, would be close to half a million dollars, mm. um, which now, from what it used to be, used to be, say, hundred and eighty to 200000 you know, the lowest Australian contract was getting more than our top contract. That was all the talk. And um, it's increased quite significantly now. So financially, I don't think Saudi is probably in a position where he needs to look overseas at the end of his career. He's making good money here. And and it's that it's what he wants to finish his career being, right? Does he want to go past Sir Richard Hadley? Does he want to get those extra 50, 55 wickets that he needs to go past him. And, and that's probably two seasons. You know, that's probably two seasons worth of test matches to go past Sir Richard Hadley. So I can't see Saudi moving on anytime soon um, if the body still holds up. Now, you talk about pace. Um, been having this conversation with quite a few players who are starting to age now. Um, I think Saudi probably needs to change the way he trains. It's one of those interesting ones. He's a runner. Yeah. He likes to run. Um, but as you get older, you, you probably need to shift towards a more power focus um, and to to get that extra bit of pace back so he's not in the position that Wagner seems to be in um, um, after, obviously, with this retirement. So Saudi probably needs to start looking at his conditioning, changing his style of training so he can make sure that he's bowling in the 130s consistently to, to be more of a threat and not have that hanging over his head. Well, you've been a, a guy that's bowled pace, right, in your time, um, your 140s or so. I don't know, did you ever clock 150? No, 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 not, no. not 150, no. No, 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 140s or so, though. You've you, you've, you've been uh, in the gym game as well with the old F45s, mm-hmm. uh, so you've obviously got your personal training ticket and everything. If you were talking to Tim, what are you telling him he needs to do training-wise? How would you tra- uh, change his training? I think as you get older, um, you lose power, um, you lose strength, um, and it probably probably needs to just get in and, and try and maximise his power and strength. So throw um, some Tim yeah. around. Well, no, it doesn't have to be. It's um, more trying to train instead of like a long-distance runner. Mm. Start 
incorporating a lot more sprinting, a lot more sprinter drills, a lot more of those kind of power exercises. Um, yeah, become a bit more of like a actual sprinter, a bit more of an athlete, and and that's how you get speed. Um, yeah, you can do the odd longer run, but I don't think with the amount of cricket that he's played, that's overly necessary now. Yeah. His body is what it is. It's pretty well conditioned for, for four-day cricket. Um, he just needs to work on that top-end speed a little bit more. Yeah, all right. Interesting. Thanks uh, for uh, those answers. Lots of insight there from uh, Mitch with us this morning in for Izzy. It is 22 past six. Want to hear from you. Double eight, double three. that is the Temper Bed Post text machine. How do you think today is going to go in Wellington? And how do you think today is going to go in Queenstown as well? You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Call us anytime, 0800 150 or give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable smart bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can sleep blissfully. As I mentioned, the New Zealand Open tees off today. Gallagher Insurance has been helping Kiwis face their future with confidence for over 40 years. Here are the tea times. Um, this is for the Pro-Ams. James Hades and Sean Fitzpatrick are teamed up. That's the Pro and the Amateur. They tee off on Remarkable's T10 at 7.40. Daniel Hillier with Paul Blackwell and Kazuma Kabori with Glenn Hawkins tee off uh, at 8.02. Ben Wharton and Israel Dag off Remarkable's 1 at uh, 8.57. Ben Campbell and Andrew Jolly and Michael Hendry and Jonathan Liu off Coronet T1 at uh, 12.46 this afternoon. Steve Elker and Gary Whipfler off Coronet 1 at 12.57 this afternoon. Scott Strange and Beefy, Surrey and Botham off Remarkables T10 at 104. Travis Smythe and Derek Anderson off Remarkables T10 at 126 this afternoon. Uh, Lewis Dobbler and Ash Barty and Marcus Fraser and Ricky Ponting off Coronet T1 at 1.30. Gallagher is helping with all your insurance needs so you can face your future with confidence. We have been asking for texts on double eight double three. Mitch, you got something? Yeah, I'll be tuning in quite early if I was a, a golf fan. Yeah. At 8.02 T-Syme, um, Kazuma Korobori, Korobori, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's a gun. He's yeah. um, number three in the Australian Order of Merit. Um, top three go t- through to DP World Tour. Um, he's our 22-year-old up-and-coming superstar. So be interesting to get a bit more info on him from Marcus a little bit later on. But if you want to see New Zealand's young golf talent, um, he's the one to watch. So turn on your telly early. Yeah, we well, finished sixth, I think, as an amateur last year yeah. and at this tournament. And then he's won three of his first four pro tournaments. Um, now, I know it's the Aussie Pro Tour and not the PGA Tour. But uh, I think it was Izzy mentioned to me, the only player to turn pro and win three of his first four tournaments in history is Tiger Woods. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad company, not bad company. Now, we had a text through from uh, Kevin in Tatarangi. He said, uh, morning, guys, black caps. We really need to bat with absolute patience today. Bad enough having to see out Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins, but then it's Lion, then it's Patience Plus. Accumulate ones and twos will do. Our bowling needs to be full and moving back or away. Anything short, we'll be fetching it from the road. We aren't quick enough. Uh, good to hear you back, Mitch. That's from Kevin in Tatarangi. Yeah, great points, great points. Yeah, we're going to have to be full. Um, generally, that's the length that Southie likes to bowl. Willow Rourke's a little bit further back from that, and if Kugelon gets the nod, he, he again's a little bit further back. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I, I heard Tim Payne speak the other day on SEN um, in Tassie, um, and he basically said, 
Oh, he basically said, we, we've got the audio there. It's just uh, Robbie's having computer problems. Oh, so I, I mean, I'll, I'll run it down for you. But basically, he came out and said, wouldn't it be great to, to see Ferguson, Milne, Ben Sears line up against the Aussies first test at the Basin? And, you know, when, when the pitch does get a little bit flat, that you've got those guys with some pace. And it's the first time anyone's really kind of spoken about those three names in the same sentence. And I'll tell you what, it was exciting to see. Um, then play with uh, Trent Bolt the other day. So, yeah, I don't know where those guys are in terms of test rankings or anything like that, but, geez, wouldn't it be great to see those three roll out? Well, it would be. I think the problem with Ferguson and Milne is are they up to bowling potentially 20 overs a day over th- three or four days? Yeah, look, I think Lockie, Lockie could. Um, Milne, I think we've got to be a little bit more careful with leading into the T20 World Cup, but... You know, it's whether they want to, I guess, um, what the priorities are. But, you know, we're allowed to dream, Ricardo. We are we're allowed, allowed to, to dream. We are, mate. Yeah, I mean, there are a few few names I'd like to see there. Tell you the other one who you might have a bit uh, more uh, insight with is uh, the left armour out of Auckland, whose name's just escaped me as I want Ben Lister. Ben Lister. Ben mm. Lister. Because for me, I, I saw him get named in a couple of, uh, I think, T20 squads, and I thought they'll be looking at him as, a, as the next Bolt, given Bolt's not always available, a left armour that can do what he does. Yeah, he's he's a class player. Um, swings the ball a lot. He's um, a bit unusual in terms of world cricket. He's a left arm who swings the ball away from the right hander, um, but he swings it consistently and and at a decent pace as well. So yeah, he's another one. Um, he's he's probably come to or obviously play for the black caps in the white ball format, but. I think that four-day stuff is probably his better format. Mm. Um, yes, he bowls really good Yorkers, and that's probably why he's playing the white ball stuff, but his ability to move the ball away and, and challenge both the left and right-hand batsman um, with the amount of swing he gets is, is a really good asset in Test cricket. So it'd be nice to see him his name be thrown into the frame as well at some point. It would be. It is uh, 27 away from 7. Time to catch up with Araha for the latest in news with Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Bunnings Trade, your partner in getting tax time sorted. Uh, time to catch up with some sports news headlines for you. And uh, Erling Haaland has found his scoring boots after putting five past Tim Krull in Manchester City's 6-2 demolition of fellow Premier League side Luton Town in the fifth round of the FA Cup yesterday. He's the first player to score five or more goals in an FA Cup game against a top-flight club since George Best scored six against Northampton in 1970. Did you just say top flight club? Yeah. Doesn't sound right with Luton Town, does it? Yeah, well, you know, they're, they're back, mate. They're back. See, they could stay up. They've been going all right. So, uh, yeah, Luton Town, yeah, smaller club, though, you're right. Uh, and they haven't been in the big time for probably since the late 80s. Uh, I remember them kicking around in the late 80s at, at, at the same stadium, Kenilworth Road, um, and uh, being one of those teams that were just niggly. You just never wanted to go and play there. They were just an ugly team. Uh, City joined Newcastle United, Coventry City and Leicester City in the quarterfinals. There are more fifth-round ties this morning. Liverpool hosts Southampton. Wolves are taking on Brighton at Molyneux. Manchester United travel to Nottingham Forest. And Chelsea are looking to avoid an upset against an inform Leeds United. Those games kick off from 8.30. Stefana Tsitsipas has pledged to donate $1,000 for every ace he hits during the Mexican Open Tennis Tournament to help with the reconstruction of Acapulco following the devastation caused by Hurricane Otis last October. At least 50 people were killed when Otis, the most powerful hurricane to hit Mexico's Pacific coast, battered Acapulco. 
The storm caused billions of dollars worth of damage, over 130,000 houses destroyed or severely damaged. He said, I'm going to donate $1,000 for every ace I make this week uh, in a video that was posted to the social platforms of the tournament. And uh, yeah, the world number 12 goes pretty good on the serve, so that'll be interesting. Hopefully, Alexander Zverev, Holger Rune, Kasper Ruud and Francis Tiafo all agree uh, to join him on that front. Uh, that tournament has just got underway and runs through till March the 2nd, but uh, all big servers and uh, looks like they're doing some good and giving some money back. And uh, Joe Root's first century in England's ongoing tour of India has lifted the batter to number three in the test rankings, while Yashavi Jaiswal's consistent scores have taken him to number 12 on the ICC rankings for test batsmen. Root's unbeaten 122 in the fourth test has his first major contribution with the bat in the series lifted him two places and into the top three. His exploits as an off-spinner have also moved him up to number four in the Test All-Rounders rankings, <laughs> which is interesting. For Jai Sal, he's now just too shy of the top ten. A rise has been more uh, meteorite. He started at number 69 at the beginning of this Test series, and now he's up to 12. Uh, 655 runs at an average of 93.57 in eight innings, uh, which is absolutely massive. The batters' rankings are still led by New Zealand's Kane Williamson and Australia's Steve Smith at number two. Those two go head-to-head uh, today at the Basin Reserve. Live coverage here on SENZ from 10 o'clock. Those are your sports news headlines. Bunnings trade as tax time sorted with amazing value on a range of power tools and more. Up next, we catch up with Zan Sullivan out of the Blues. You're on SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo, although Izzy isn't here. He is uh, on the, the donut like Homer Simpson at the New Zealand Golf Open. So Mitch Plannigan in with us for the day. Coming up, Nick White is going to join us after seven from the Chiefs, the C, uh, their scrum coach. And we'll also catch up with uh, the aforementioned Izzy Dag from the New Zealand Golf Open before eight o'clock as well. Right now, though, uh, the Blues fullback, Zahn Sullivan, joins us. G'day, Zahn. How are you doing? Yeah, morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, bro. Good. Uh, made a great hit out against the draw. I was, I'm a blues man, mate. Born and bred in Auckland, and I looked at that game and I was like, oh, they went pretty well last year. The draw up in Whangarei, nice and warm. It could be a potential banana skin, but uh, uh, we put them away. Yeah. Oh, you went wrong about that bloody wheel. That was it. Was a scorcher of a day. It was a perfect day to play some running footy. Um, but yeah, we knew draw. Draw going to come um come up to Whangarei and. Try to give us a good run at home, so we had to we had to throw the first punch and um, come away for the win. Yeah, mate, and you did that uh, well up at half time, and uh, you grabbed a, a double for yourself as well. You you had five tries last year, two in the first game this year. Is this the sort of thing that you target? Like, do you have a try target for yourself every year? To be honest, no. Um, I'm normally a guy that would look to try assist on on tries, but um, you know, when the opportunity um, comes forward, I'll take it. Or <laughs> try lines there, I'm going for it. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely took it, mate. Definitely took it. It was a it was a great uh, great performance, mate. How's how's preseason been? We had a pretty strong preseason. Things uh, look pretty good under Vern Cotter. Yeah, it's it's almost similar. Little little difference in um, coaching and um, SNC wise, but uh, boys come out good, Nick. And um, yeah, it showed first game really. Still got yeah. to touch up on, on a few things, but yeah. Yeah, mate. Well, you've got to, got to test this weekend, of course, uh, over in Melbourne, taking on uh, the Highlanders, who went pretty well themselves. And, you know, I, I think there's a few decent fullbacks around, including one of your old teammates who shot down south to get some more game time. How did you reckon Jacob went last week? Mate, he's, a, he's an outstanding um, player, as, as everyone saw last week. So 
how if we get some this week will be will, will be fun. We know our weeks and um, strengths and weaknesses against each other. So um, yeah, hopefully I can get one over him. So I'll make sure that will happen. <laughs> I bet, mate. I bet. Hey, I know he's gone now, but uh, it did uh, interest me that you know Roger Tuivasa Sheck uh, was at the Blues and he played most of his career at fullback. He's gone back to the Warriors now and he's playing in the centres. But uh, how much did you learn from him, or could you take from him in terms of fullback in both games? Um, uh, to be honest, it's not even position wise. What I took away from him was his work ethic um, off the field. Um, as a person, just him firstly coming in and, you know, wanting to know everyone and introduce himself as, you know, as we all do when we're, we're new to our environment. And then also just the work ethic around just homework and wanting to know the detail, nailing the detail. And then once he's done that off the field, on the field, he's just doing his work, you know, it just comes second hand. Yeah, well, you've, you've had a good start to the season, mate. You had a good season last season as well. And, you know, it... I know it's early doors, but there's no Will Jordan this year, and there's no Bowden Barrett this year. Is the black jersey something you're allowing yourself to think about? Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, I wake up, wake up every morning, knowing that's my big goal, but also want to perform for my for my team here at the Blues. So it's just what I can do here is um, what I can, and then hopefully outside. You know, I know the coaches are watching from AB, so it's just being able to execute and perform my game um while I'm while I'm on the field. Probably doesn't hurt that your old coach is there too, mate. Have you had a chat with anybody out of the uh the, the New Zealand camp yet? No, no, not yet. Not yet. Haven't seen Rangy in a while now. Okay. All right. All right, mate. Well, you are uh, off on the big bird to uh, to Melbourne to take on the Highlanders um, uh, tomorrow night, as we mentioned. Um, what's it like going to something like that? I mean, you know, it's different from a normal away game. Everybody's there. Everybody's in the city. There's always games on. I mean, is that something where you, you might stay around and hang out and watch the late game, or do you just treat it as a normal game? No, I'll just treat it as a normal game. Uh, well, we know it's a, it's a pretty pretty special round to be in. Uh, this will be my first round, uh, first super round. So it'll be bloody awesome to experience one. Um, been in the environment for four to five years now. So first time. And then, yeah, I don't know what we'll do after. I think we'll just treat it as a normal game, go back to the hotel, chill out, and then get ready for the following weekend. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, you, I know last time I spoke to you, which was last season, we talked a little bit about how you played a bit of 10 uh, at high school. And at that point, you said that, you know, that's somewhere you want to end up. Is that is that still the case? Because I'm looking around and, geez, if uh, DMAC, they had that scare, uh, the Chiefs, um, if he goes down, we're looking pretty thin in 10s at the top level. Yeah. No, yeah, it's always, always there. Like, I uh, played 10 NPC last year. So I thought I went, okay, went all right. Um, did some good things, did some bad things, but that's what I took away from it was just the learnings from the good and bad. So, yeah, I know I can put my hand up for that 10 jersey. Also, you know, being able to play um, great at fullback as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned some of the things you did well, some of the things you didn't. What are the things you think you need to improve on? Just the understanding of game. Um, I don't know, it probably sounds pretty simple, but it's just momentum and you know seeing what our boys are doing like how they're feeling just stuff like that just the real little details that great tens look at and they can position the team well so it's just things like that and as a fullback I can I can put my head around I'll talk to Stevie and say hey look you know these boys are 
seeing these things out wide, let's try to do something to get it to that space or, you know, just little things like that. So I've got a lot to learn, a lot to learn to play um, play at 10 and then um, hopefully hopefully I can just nail those things next year, or this year actually at, um, at NPC. Yeah, so that's the plan to play 10 for Auckland NPC again? Yes, yeah, no, that's the plan. Um, yeah. We've got another thing coming, but can't announce it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know but nothing. Yeah. I know nothing. Say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. That's that's great. I mean, do, how much do you find that playing fullback helps you as a 10? I guess because you you see more of the field, right? You see everything happening in front of you at fullback. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it helps heaps. You know what a 10 wants. Um, being a 10, so you, you can, you know, give those comms that other people give you when you're at 10, and then you can add to, you know, um, including your skill set to, you know, oh, yeah, give it to me early, I can put it into this corner, or, you know, little stuff like that, we can pinch on this guy, this guy down, so it's just, yeah, it helps heaps being a 10 and 15. Now, we mentioned you scored a couple of tries uh, last weekend. So you got the mullet looking pretty pretty marvellous. It's not quite as long as Dallin Watini-Selesniak's, um, who's <laughs> obviously, it helps him fly. I reckon it gives him about an extra 5k of speed. Uh, you got plans to go longer? Nah, nah. It gets annoying, eh? Like, it gets to a point, like I had a trim last week before our game and felt heaps better. Got to the point I was slapping my eyes, so I trim it back a little bit. Got called the got called the what's that national bank horse from James Bacconi, so <laughs> oh, I had to trim it a bit, trim it back a little bit. <laughs> I hope, yeah, I hope you gave him one of the. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I actually caught it with him today, so it was a bit of a laugh. <laughs> that is quality, mate. That is quality. All right, hey Zan, uh, before I let you go, I've got to ask. There were some great tries scored last week, you, and yours were, were up there, of course. But uh, my two favourites, I think, were Sam Gilbert's the last for the Highlanders in their game. That great Falau Fakatava uh, pass out the back, that little flick, and and then Xavier Rose after that DMAC run for the Chiefs. Did did you have a favourite try of the first round? Favourite try? Um, to be honest, tries a try. To me, um, just some freakish players out there that can do some wicked things. Um, but yeah, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're one of them, mate. You're one of them. The way the way you sort of semi goosied around the uh, the draw for the second one, mate. That was good. Well, I actually I threw the first one out there. Well, both of them pretty much the same. We did, you know, the same movements and all that. So I'll, I'll give credit to the boys that got me the ball first. So yeah, I'll, probably my first and second try. So both of them. <laughs> Sweet mate, you're learning. You're learning the game. You're learning the game, and you're uh, you're playing the team game. I love it. Love it. Hey Zan, thanks very much for your time this morning, bro. Uh, go well and uh, safe trip to Melbourne. And fingers crossed, you bring back five points, eh? Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, double eight, double three. The temper bedpost text machine at a couple of minutes away from seven o'clock. And yeah, Carolyn, thank you for your text. Ed, thank you for your text, and another text, no name on it. Breakers, yes, I did have the Breakers down to be in the sports headlines at 7.30, but a big win for the Breakers last night. It was do or die. They had to go to Sydney and get it won to stay in the mix in the playoffs, and they managed to do that. It's a big win for a team, uh, Mitch, that have had a lot of injury issues this season. Uh, they are still, you know, they were without Anthony Lamb uh, for the remainder of the season. It's been their big star, but they, they went over to Sydney and they got it done, so uh, fair play to them. A huge performance as well. I mean, what, they were 13 points down at one point? Yeah. Yeah. Half time, I think they were nine points down. And to stay in the game against the back to back champions, you know, come back to, like that. to come back like that, bloody impressive.
Yeah. Love to see it. Love They've got another another do or die playoff next week, don't they? Uh, I, think, think, is Illawarra, I think Monday, Monday, Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Away at the away at the uh, the Hawks. So yeah, well done the Breakers, and thanks for all your texts on the Breakers. Well, good to hear. Plenty of Breakers fans out there, pretty passionate about their team as well. Coming up after seven o'clock, Nick White out of the Chiefs. Uh, we're going to talk to him about the Super Round in Melbourne and uh, their big win against the Crusaders in Week One and the uh, the big. Uh, test they've got against the Brumbies this weekend. We'll talk about that. We'll catch up with Izzy Dag from the New Zealand Open as well. All of that and more coming your way right now. Here is Araha with all the latest news. Thanks to Kubota. Take on your summer projects with their range. It is Tradies Hour with night and day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. Uh, coming up, we have got Nick White out of the Chiefs. He is the forwards coach. They will be in Melbourne uh, from tomorrow, getting ready for that super round in Melbourne as well. So we'll catch up with him shortly and uh, we'll get a take on how they've come out of that Crusaders clash and what is a, a real tough start for the Chiefs? Crusaders and Brumbies back-to-back as your first two games of the season. We'll uh, talk to him about that. We'll also catch up with what Tim Payne and Pat Cummins have said going into this first test against the Black Caps. Around 7.40, Izzy's going to join us. He tees off at around 5 to 9, so he's going to join us at 7.40. We'll see how he's been going and uh, who he's been rubbing shoulders with down there. Marcus Wheelhouse, after 8 o'clock as well, out of Queenstown, he'll give us a, a look at the NZ Open field and we'll have some score updates for you. Rob Wellwood uh, is uh, going to join us for a Love Racing update before 9. And, of course, as usual, we'll catch up with Paul Mawadi from the TAB as well. Time to do our Who Am I? Clue number two. We've got a $100 Adidas voucher to give away. $100 Adidas Golf voucher. Uh, the new Tour 360 24 from Adidas Golf. Available now at adidas.co.nz. Clue number two. I made my T20, ODI and test debut all against England. Who am I? Double eight, double three uh, is the temper bed post text machine if you know the answer to that. Uh, joining us now is Nick White out of the Chiefs. Morning, Nick. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, yeah, a big first game up against the Crusaders. Everybody was uh, was excited to see how that went. You guys got on top early. They came back into it, but you managed to get the job done in the end. How happy were you with the performance? Oh, I mean... Pretty good win, that's for sure. You take a win against those guys whenever you can. So um, it was a good start. I suppose it was a bit of the old, the, the old cliche, a game of two halves. We sort of had um, control in the first half. Um. Oh, he's dropped off. He's disappeared, has Nick. Uh, but yeah, this is the uh, how, how the weekend looks for Super Rugby this weekend. Uh, to, uh, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock is the first game. Highlanders Blues. Like the look of that, the Highlanders actually played pretty well in that first game against Moana Pacifica. Put down a, a bit of a marker. I'm looking forward to seeing them go head to head with the Blues and see how just how good they are. It'd be nice to see the Highlanders uh, return to the good old days, mate. The early two thousands, yeah, back in the running, mate. It would. Uh, they played some really good footy. Uh, Sam Gilbert thought was 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 really good, and uh, they got Reese Patchell, the former Welsh international, running running the cutter at ten as well. So, a bit of a uh, bit of experience makes all the difference to that position, eh? Yeah, it does. And the Blues, I mean, 
that's probably who you're you're going after your, well, your favourite team this year, mate. Mate, always because I'm born and bred in, in, in this part <laughs> of the world, so I, I don't really have any choice. It's just the way things are. And Nick White is back with us, of course. A one-time uh, bookie into the scrum for the Blues. Uh, now the Chiefs uh, attack coach. Sorry, uh, sorry, scrum coach. We um, lost you there, Nick. Sorry, you were saying, mate. Uh, uh, yeah, it's always good to get a win against the Crusaders, regardless. Yeah, that's, mate. That's um, you take anyone you can get against those guys, and. Um, yeah, I was, I was just saying that I think obviously it was a game, a bit of a game of the two halves, that's for sure, because we had control in the first half and then, um, yeah, we were away with the Ferries a little bit in the start of the first half and they came to life. So um, it went down to the wire in the end and we were lucky enough or, and good enough probably to um, make ourselves, uh, get ourselves back in and uh, give ourselves a chance to win. So it was really good. You say, say away with the Ferries, I guess reflection's a big part of your role. Um, with the Chiefs and, and talking to the boys after the game, uh, what kind of things did they say they did well and, and what kind of things have they got to do better this week leading into the Brumbies game? Oh, it looks like he's dropped off again. Uh, we might be having trouble with the old blinder app, so we'll uh, we'll try and get hold of him uh, directly on, uh, on the phone. I'll just send this through to Robbie. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting because with the way he talked about where they went to sleep a little bit, Mitch, was when... Um, Damien McKenzie had to come from the field. I think the two went hand in hand. Joshuani came in to take over, but Damien had a had a bit of a rib injury, and I think it was just a, maybe that leadership at the ten role. Uh, they they maybe lost a little bit in the overlap. To say though, in terms of obviously talking to Nick, you'd have to say the Crusaders Crusaders pack really stood up in that second half as well. Really started getting some go forward as well. So they obviously rectified the mistakes they'd made in that first half. So. Uh, yeah, it was like you say, a game of two halves, but it comes down to your pack, doesn't it? And um, they just clocked off a little bit, the Chiefs, mm. uh, and Crusaders started coming back. It was it was a great game in the end, wasn't it? Great oh, game. Mate, it was a fantastic game. I mean, you know, looking at it, it was probably the game of the round. That's what everybody would have been thinking. Everybody would have been saying, like, this is the game we want to watch. And uh, that's that's kind of the way it played out. You know, it was, um, it was a game that... I think the Chiefs really took it by the scruff of the neck early, but like as you say, the Crusaders fought, uh, f- uh, forced their way back in, and even took the uh, took the lead towards the end. So, uh, well done to the Chiefs for holding on and actually being able to come back from that because they've got a lot of young guys in that team and they lost a lot of leadership in the off season. Uh, so the way to come back that they did uh, was fantastic. Uh, Nick uh, is back with us now. Hopefully, we can keep you, uh, mate. Um, how much do you put down to uh, the when Damien went off to when you guys kind of went off the boil a little bit? Oh, I don't think, I don't think you can, obviously he's a good player and he's, he's, he's our playmaker and that, but we, um, we've definitely got other guys that can sort of take over that role, so we probably just got away from the, um, the plan that was put in place for after half time and, and if you give the team, uh, give the team like the Crusaders a sniff and then it, you, you, you're battling, you know, you give them field position and um, give them possession and you're going to battle. So we just needed to try and um, get hold of the ball and, and get down back down the other end of the field and sort of just play some good basic footy to get us back in the game again. And towards the end, we did that. Yeah, does does your blueprint around basic footy change from week to week? Obviously, big game against the Crusaders and another one against the Brumbies. Has uh, anything changed leading into this week's fixture? Oh, not, not a hell. 
Oh man, he's uh, dropped off again. I'm not sure what's going on with the uh, with Nick's phone. He's uh, bloody good radio this morning, oh, Ricardo. Mate, honestly, honestly, it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, Brad, Brad Slater brings up his 50th uh, game for the Chiefs uh, this weekend as well over there. I mean, you've done a bit of coaching, Mitch. You um, you, you had spent some time with the Renegades and then with the Capitals. Uh, right? Stars and then uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was one of the Melbourne yeah. teams. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was close, close. I got the right city, um, but like you have a start like that to the season, right? So you got a little bit of preseason, mm-hmm. but then you go, okay, we have got the Crusaders and the Brumbies, probably two of the the teams that are going to be in the fight for the for the title to start the season. Do you see that as a good thing or or, or, or detrimental? Um, I think it probably gives you a lot more focus at the start of the season. If you had an easy run into the start of the tournament, you're probably probably looking at, you know easing your way in and you can probably afford to make a couple of mistakes but it probably gives you a little bit more focus in pre-season to be able to to kind of get off to a good start. Uh, Nick is back with us. Uh, Nick, stand on one one foot mate, uh, tongue, in, uh, tongue out in the left, left cheek and hopefully we can keep that uh, signal going mate. Um, yeah, How did you guys take that when you saw the draw and, and how did you prep for it with such uh, two big games straight off the bat? Oh well, I think I mean I don't think it's a it's a, a big issue. You just gotta it's I suppose it puts a bit more um, heat on you to make sure you're up and ready at the start of the year. I think the good thing is too if you can get some points early on, it's um, it makes a big difference too. You know, like you don't want to be playing catch up, sort of trying to get grab points towards the end when everyone's sort of uh, you know up and running. So I, I think it's really good. It's um, it's a good focus to make sure you start the competition well and. Um, and get your get your season on track pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a good point. Get get it on track. Obviously, two points against the Crusaders that's massive. Brumbies this weekend. We would have been looking at the Brumbies and going, "Yep, quality side," but missing Pete Samu and, and Nick White as well, who have moved on. You must have been going, "Okay, this, we've got a bit of an opportunity." But someone like Charlie Cale comes out and has an absolute blinder week one, and it looks like he can't really take the foot off the throttle. How how much do you read into like a, a a performance like Charlie did last week for for the Brumbies, and and how much time do you spend on on individual players when you're prepping for a game? Um, oh, I mean, again, going back to the Brumbies, they've always been had a good good side. You know, it doesn't matter who they've got there. They've they're a semi final side most years. It's uh, I've been involved with it. Um, yeah, we sort of f- focus on a few people, but sort of just be aware of them. And I think the key thing for us, especially at this time of the year, is making sure we've got all our ducks in a row. And if we spend too much time on worrying about other other players and other teams, it sort of takes us away from what we're trying to achieve with our game plan. But we definitely, you know, got Rob Valentini. They, they skinned us a couple of years ago with a really good kicking game. And he's gone. Again, so uh, Nick, Nick White, unfortunately, uh, he's in. I think he's in Rotorua somewhere at the moment, and uh, he's just uh, must be in a dodgy area. I don't know if he's out mountain biking in the redwoods or what, but uh, yeah, just struggling to keep him on uh, there. But uh, we might try and get him back one more time and see how we go. I mean, you've watched a little bit of that first round, a little bit of preseason, Mitch. Um, who's who is looking good for you? Well, I guess like you touched on before. Oh, there we go. We oh, got him back. We got him back. I don't know what's going on here. Someone doesn't really want to listen to me, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'll probably uh, get to the most important question. Um, has there been any dust-ups at training lately? Oh, no. I 
mate. You, those, those are, you've got to have them most weeks just to get your game, don't you? <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love it, mate. Bit, 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 I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just the boys expressing their, uh, expressing their uh, affection for each other, right? Oh, yeah, grand men. 30 or 40 of them, you sort of, uh, something's going to happen. It's... Uh, I think I think it's a good thing, you know. You got to have a bit of uh, aggro. Got young guys letting off a bit of steam every now and then. So, bet it. This is the best place to do it instead of somewhere else at uh, twelve o'clock at night or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not NRL players, mate. That's true. That's true, um, <laughs> mate. Um, you, you go to Melbourne. How different is it when you go into somewhere like Melbourne where you've got everybody there all at once? And do you guys go along as a team to watch the other games? <sighs> He's gone again. He's gone again, um, but yeah, I mean that that for me would be, I guess, potentially a distraction, Mitch. When nobody, uh, you know, everybody's gone to Melbourne, so all of the teams are away. All the Aussies are there, all the Kiwis are there, the two island teams are there as well, and you've got this situation where everybody's there, all staying in probably the same hotels. You can go watch the games and stuff. It's quite different from your normal week to week. Do you reckon that would be a distraction from a, I don't know, from a playing point of view, but from a coaching point of view? Um, oh, geez, Melbourne's a good city, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> right. There's plenty of distractions in Melbourne. <laughs> plenty of it's distractions. not like you're going to Canberra. Yeah, no, that's true. Maybe the super super round needs to be in Canberra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mind you, uh, those Canberra boys in the NRL seem to find their way into trouble, don't they? Yeah. So maybe it's not the best thing to go to Canberra. Uh, look, I, I don't know if it'd be too much of a distraction. I think um, profes- they're pretty professional outfits now. Um, probably, yeah, nice to see, you, see your mates in the hotel lobby, but even when we do it on the circuit with Cricky, you don't really kind of socialise too much with the opposition. Um, you're there for business, you're there for work. So, And we, we have him back again. Uh, we're just saying that uh, going to Melbourne, everybody's there. Do you guys go as a team and, and watch the other games? I st- know he's dropped off again. All right, I think we give up on Nick White for today. <laughs> uh, it has been, it, it was a beautiful thing while it lasted, but uh, this is what the Super Rugby round uh, looks like for us. The Highlanders Blues kick off Friday night. Uh, Highlanders are paying four forty. Blues $1.20. I tell you what, I'm a Blues fan, but I think... It's closer than that, and the value is with the Highlanders. Uh, personally, the Rebels are $1.52 favourites to beat the Force, who are paying two sixty. And then we look at Moana Pacifica on Saturday. Uh, they take on the Drawer. They're paying two fifty. The Drawer are $1.52 are favourites. The, t- the Crusaders are $1.10 favourites against the Waratahs, who are paying sevens. And then on Sunday, Chiefs $1.37 favourites to beat the Brumbies at $3.20 and the Hurricanes finish off the weekend against the Reds. They're $1.30 favourites against the Reds who are paying $3.60. A couple of texts that have come through, Mark, saying two things for the upcoming Super Round, I think. The Highlanders will beat the Blues. Also, this game could be the first red card of the competition. Not sure why Mark's saying that. What's what's giving him that thought? But uh, I think... You're right, Mark. I think, as I said there, the value is with the Highlanders at $4.40. I'd even potentially uh, look at the, uh, the the points because, I mean, I thought the Blues were pretty uh, pretty good against the Drua. The Drua, I, I mean, I don't know, Mitch, I, I mentioned it to, um, to Zahn Sullivan when we, were, when we were speaking to him, but it felt like for round one of a competition, the Drua went pretty well last year, right? Made the yep. playoffs. You're playing in Whangarei, nice and warm, hard ground, Good conditions for the way that the Drua like to play. It felt like a potential banana skin, but the Blues didn't let it happen. So I wonder if there's a bit more steel at the Blues now with Vern Cotter at the helm. 
Yeah, positive. Yeah, I mean, look, I tell you what, you see all the socials around the Blues and, and that kind of stuff. It just looks like a bit of a, a different team chemistry. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm liking the vibe. I think you've got a few more players there. I've got a lot more international experience now as well. Like mm. you say, a bit more stability in the management. Um, that's always crucial as well. So I think you've got a lot of guys who are starting to find their feet at this level and and like you say, that could have been a banana skin. Really could have been. Drew have been exceptional. Like you say, running conditions, um, hot day as well would have been in their favour. But, yep, they performed uh, performed well under pressure. Yeah, they did. Um, now, I'm looking at the options here, mate. Uh, you, you, you have been known to have a punt before. Um, <laughs> so this is what I'm looking at. The point start, you can get the Highlanders plus 13.5 at $1.85, right? Or if you think it's going to be tight, uh, the Blues one to twelve, three dollars ten. I reckon you're taking the point start, aren't you? Yeah, dollar eighty five. The Highlanders are a chance of upsetting. Yeah, that's a pretty decent margin start as well. So, yeah, yeah, probably um, cover both bases. Easy, easy dollar eighty five multiplier, mate. Yeah, there you go. Lock it in. Lock it in. Uh, the other one, which I I used to like, I I don't take it in rugby very often, but I usually take it in uh, NRL. I look at it is the tri bet option. And you can take either team by seven and under or the draw, and that's paying three fifty. Think it's going to be a tight game. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you okay, do. yeah, right. three dollars fifty. Some 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 options there for you. Anyway, some options there for you. It is seven twenty one here on SENZ. It is a breakfast with Ricardo and Mitch with Izzy away at the New Zealand Open. We will be talking to him before the hour is out. And up next, we're going to hear from Tim Payne and what he had to say on SEN Tasmania about the Test match that starts today. Uh, this is SENZ breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land. Attachments. 0800 150 811 or 8833, the temper bed post text machine. That's how you get hold of us. It is Tradies Hour with night and day warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at just $4.50 at your local night and day. Now, uh, you pointed this out to us, Mitch. Tim Payne. You sent it through actually yesterday saying uh, Tim Payne's predicted a big win for the first test. I was like, what's the Phoenix fullback? Talking about cricket, what's going on here? But it's a different Tim Payne. This bloke used to keep wicket for Australia. What did you, uh, well, let's hear what he's had to say and then we'll react to that. I'm expecting we'll be too strong for New Zealand. I think, as, as always, though, if you give New Zealand a sniff, they will take it. They'll be thereabouts, thereabouts, thereabouts. I don't think they've got the firepower with the bat or the ball to beat us. But if we slip up, they're, they're sort of always nipping at your heels, I reckon, the Kiwis. So I think man for man, again, we've got them covered. I think New Zealand are certainly a bit better in their home conditions. In terms of that, I think, and I haven't played in New Zealand a lot but at all, actually, but what you get and what you see a lot is a lot of the pitches will look. I think you'll turn it on, you'll go, geez, that's green, but it plays a lot better than what it actually is, and it gets really flat and slow to bat days four, four and five. So um, again, I think disappointed that New Zealand, not disappointed, it would have been great to watch the three guys that have played in the T20, Ferguson, Milne and Sears, all bowling like higher 140s. And you can tell when guys are bowling that quick that even the very best players were hopping around for Australia, but not one of them's in the test squad. So they sort of go back to uh, Henry, Southie, guys that are sort of 130 and skillful, very, very good bowlers. But when the wickets flattens out, I don't think they're going to trouble the Aussies at all. But as I said, day one, it can be green, it can do a bit. And if they make the most of it there, then they'll be in the game. But I expect the Aussies to be a little bit stung from that last loss against West Indies. They wouldn't like that. Um, they're better than that, and I think they'll bounce back and the New Zealanders will cop the wrath of it. There you go. That's Tim Payne speaking yesterday on SEN and Tassie. Um, 
Yeah, what did you make of those comments? I mean, for a bloke that's never played here, he certainly had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, probably a couple of things to unpack. Um, classic Aussie attitude in yeah. terms of we'll be too strong straight out of the bat and then probably realise that they did just lose to the West Indies in Australia. Mm. Um, Shamar Joseph, um, phenomenal first uh, display test series away for the West Indies was superb and it showed a few cracks uh, within that Australian batting lineup in terms of the, the lines and the angles that you can bowl, particularly to their left-handers. Travis Head uh, showed a lot of susceptibility to right armers coming around the wicket, which we hadn't seen in previous test matches. He's massive for them in the middle. So there's some, there's some opportunities for, for the Black Caps to exploit. Um, I did like his point on the fast bowlers. When it does get flat, you need something else. You need a little bit of extra pace, which the Australians have got in Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummings and Hazelwood with his extra bounce. And you, you throw Lyon into the mix. Um, it's a pretty good bowling. Well, it's a great bowling lineup um, for our conditions. So, uh, look, it's a it's an interesting one uh, from his point of view, wanting to see those quicker guys. I, I don't mind it. I'd like to see us at least get one of those guys in the frame in the future and how that looks with the other bowlers coming around um, is, is what we want to see. But I think he's probably underrating our batting. Um, I know we've lost Conway. Um, he's out with that, that hand injury he picked up in the keeping in that T20 at Eden Park. But he hasn't been in great form of late. and. Mm. The guys who are, I think they might underrate it, the guys are like Daryl Mitchell, his ability in the middle to hold that order up. Kane Williamson, you know, he's, he's got the most out of the Fab Four, or what they say, Smith, Coley, himself and Joe Root. He's He's got a couple of extra centuries and far less games than these guys. So he's, he's the best in the world at the moment in terms of scoring runs and his output in New Zealand's phenomenal. So he's averaging over 90 in New Zealand conditions of late. Um, so he, he's in top form and he'll he'll want to go out and prove something as well because all the rhetoric has been around him only scoring against lesser nations in New Zealand, hasn't done it against India away, hasn't done it against Australia. Um, and this is his opportunity to stand up and, and just add another 100 to the tally. So... Underrate New Zealand at your peril in this test, I say. Yeah, all right, fair point. We had a text through from Gareth as well. Um, Southie will be exposed today, once again, unfortunately, bereft of the ability to take top-order wickets unless he has all the available assistance and the pitch and overhead conditions. He puts too much pressure on our other bowlers, and then he can barely hold a bat these days. It's time to go, buddy. That is from Gareth. Uh, just on that, yeah, I mean, sadly, we did play a two-tier series against South Africa, which we won. And I know there is more to bowling than taking wickets. You can bowl in partnerships and you know, the pressure you exert. And he is pretty frugal in terms of the runs he gives away. But he took one wicket in four innings. Um, did that worry you? Yeah, it does worry you. Um, I guess, like you say, he does have the ability to to dot it up and, and not give away runs and knows his feels, knows his plans very well. And... What it did do was allow someone like a Willow Rourke to come in and and have a little bit less pressure. If runs are going at the other end, then you know it's uh, Willow Rourke might not have had the ability to go out and take those nine wickets and mm. and free up his style of play. Um, so that was that was a massive positive. And probably when you do have a younger bowling lineup around you, you probably do need that guy who can go for less runs and can hold up an end. Yeah, it's not ideal that your, your opening bowler who's going to take the new ball has only, take, only took that one wicket in that series. But 
uh, I think he still has an important part to play for this side. It is uh, 7.32 here on SENZ Breakfast. The first test between New Zealand and Australia starts this morning live across the SEN and SENZ networks and the SEN app as well. You can catch every ball live from Wellington with Gerard Waitley, Ian Smith, Adam Collins, Daniel McCarty, Jeremy Coney, Grant Elliott and Bharat Sundarasan as well. Coverage starts at 10, first ball is at 11. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Izzy Dag out of the New Zealand Golf Open shortly. Uh, get the Keno feeling with Ken Artai. Here's some sports news headlines for you. And Andy Murray is uh, considering sticking around for the Paris Olympics despite a poor run of form and the likelihood he is just months away from the end of his illustrious career. The 36-year-old is the only man to win two Olympic singles titles, but he struggled for victories in recent months and is currently ranked 67th in the world until his victory against Alexandra Muller in um, Doha earlier this month. Murray had been on a six-match losing streak and on Wednesday he said he probably wouldn't play beyond the summer. Do you reckon we're going to see him at Paris, Mitch? Maybe as a coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or an ambassador. Form, uh, he's, he's the next uh, Great Britain Davis Cup coach. Yeah, true, true. Um, look, hey, if he wants to do it, he's going to do it, isn't he? Yeah. Um, be great, actually, for him to go out on something like that. Like we talked about earlier with Wagner, you know, he, let him write his own story. He's been such a servant to the game and particularly to Great Britain in terms of that. Might even be able to carry the flag. Well, yeah, well, that would be great. That would be great to see. Uh, New Zealand Breakers have secured their place in the play-in game by defeating the Sydney Kings last night. Head coach Matty Mayor says the sacrificial mentality of each of his players has spread throughout the club. Will McDowell-White took the floor just two weeks after suffering what initially looked like a serious shoulder injury in the round 20 win over Brisbane. Will's Island Cheatham overcame a painful ankle roll to start in the narrow victory. The win comes after an injury hit regular season for the Breakers. Already seen all NBL first team nominee Anthony Lamb scratch for the rest of the series. Uh, the victory has extended the decorated career of Tom Abercrombie by at least one game as well. He came off the bench for 10 crucial minutes and that defensive lock-in halted Sydney's momentum in the second half. The Breakers travelled to Wollongong to face the Hawks Monday for the play-in game. And uh, finally, Christian Horner will remain the boss of the Formula One champion Red Bull team after being cleared of alleged conduct against a female employee. The Austrian energy drink company that owns the sport's dominant team issued a statement after an independent investigation ahead of the opening race in Bahrain. Red Bull can confirm that the grievance has been dismissed and is confident that the investigation has been fair, rigorous and impartial. Horner, who is married to former Spice Girls singer Jerry Hallowell, had denied the allegations and continues to lead the team during the investigation and what he said was business as normal. Got to be distracting though, ahead of race one of a big season, the biggest season ever in Formula One history, 20, 24 races. Yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I was trying to figure out what you've got to do to marry a Spice Girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd probably avoid it now if you can. Uh, from Big Jobs, Stephen Bigger Jobs, get the Ken Oath feeling with Ken Artire. It's 22 away from 8 o'clock. We'll catch up with Izzy Dag next. Mitch McLennigan in for Izzy Dag, but let's catch up with him now because we head along to the New Zealand Open and uh, he joins us from the range. Uh, g'day, Izzy, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I'm running late, actually. I'm just getting a coffee. <laughs> oh, so you're not at the range yet? <laughs> no, no, I'm about to head to the range. I don't want to do too much. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I never sleep. 
I woke up and I was dreaming about Scooby Doo. I don't know what that means, but uh, hopefully, hopefully Scooby Doo do he can do. So yeah, um, I'm feeling good, feeling fresh. It's a beautiful morning down here. I can see a hot air balloon above Millbrook. There's a little bit of dew, but it's meant to be about 28 degrees here today. So hopefully, uh, my balls white hot. Well, I guess first and foremost, is he? Probably need to talk about Baz not being there this year, and uh, he can be quite hard to get away from. Who is looking like the hardest person to get away from in the after function after the round today? Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, there's less, um, you know, Pino and Sirak being consumed this year without Baz here. Uh, so on the alcohol front, pretty, pretty good at the moment, but I don't know what it is about cricketers. You're probably the same, Mitchie, but uh, Sir Ian, both of them. He is one thirsty old fella. <laughs> Everything, every time you see him, he's got a shard in his hand. And he is drinking and he is consuming. But he consistently tells me that he goes about six months of the year without a drop, which I believe is a full tell lie. Um, so I'd have to say Beefy's right up there. Fitzy's there. Um, but everyone's pretty well behaved, mate. We had a great night last night. We just uh, did a barbecue for the volunteers because the reality is this... This competition, this this um this New Zealand Open wouldn't be able to happen without the the volunteers. And their most important job is we've got ball spotters. You know how frustrating it is when you're on a golf course and you cannot find your ball. Well, there's ball spotters all over the course that will help you and speed up the game, which is which I'm very grateful for. So um yeah, it's it's been a good week, but now we're here to the to the crunch time where all that confidence that I've been oozing out the last couple of days will just come crashing down. But, uh, boys, I'm ready to go, ready to rip in. I'm still six months sober, so I'm good. Oh, beautiful. I'm probably the fresh out of a lot. There you go. I thought the ball spotters <laughs> would be there for that hazy, hazy glazed eyes, but not the case. Love it, is he? No. Um, I, I, look, I was looking at the TAB. We've got Paulie on a little bit later. Um, Ricky Ponting on the mm. slab list. He's down at $2.50. Flem at $5.50. Ash Barty's in pretty low at $11, scrolling down. Fitzy's at 67s. And then ah. there's Izzy Dag, 131s. <laughs> What's going on, mate? Surely that's, uh, Oi. that's Oi. a bit long for you. No, it's just mirroring the score he got there last year. <laughs> Good bet, boys. Get on. Absolutely get on me, mate. I'm feeling fresh. I, I had a couple of birdies yesterday. Yes, I had a couple of sprays where I lost my ball. But uh, and, and I'm Fitzy. I nearly killed him yesterday. He was, um, we're, we're, after I left the show, I went out to catch up. It took me a few holes to warm up. You know, I warmed up on hole three and I buffed this driver. And he was way down. And apparently it just landed right next to him. And he was angry. Him and Jeff Olsen were fiery. And I said, well, that's what you get for chipping me all day yesterday, mate. So, Fritzy could have never been yesterday. I nearly knocked him on the fly. <laughs> well, we actually have had a text through, Izzy, uh, from Tony that just says, Izzy, please just beat Jeff Wilson's score this weekend. That's all you need to do. Oh, mate. If there's a mini competition between a mini competition, he's my next-door neighbour now. He must have taken Punter's room. Um, I will do anything possible to beat Jeff Olsen, okay? You can pick, you can frame this up, you can put it in a promo. Jeff Olsen, I'm taking you down. Well, that's what we like to hear. Now, you, your first practice round, you told me you were spraying it everywhere and it was horrible. You went again yep. yesterday. Uh, definite improvement? Definite improvement, man. I'm feeling good. Yeah, my driver was on yesterday. I was bombing it. Um, 
and the putter was off. <laughs> so there's something that's not. I can't seem to put it all together. But um, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a whole lot more confident than I was the day before. I've just consumed a couple of old tarans, so that'll help the body. Um, I'm just about to get a coffee in me, and then I'll go and do some last minute practice. Hey, it's better late than never. And uh, yeah, look, well, I don't know. You know, golf when you're playing for your mates is easy, but this when you're teeing mm. off and you've got a starting guy, and and my caddy's wearing a, a bib with dag on it, you think, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing at this place? But hey, it's uh, it's I love golf, and this is like my masters, an opportunity to play in a big event, it's a pretty special event. If, you, if you're down here, come down. It's free entry. There's a lot of activations around. There's a you know a little um, a little place like Champions Lounge here, which is special. Right on 18, you're hitting a par three on the final hole on 18. And it's surrounded. There's a DJ plant, so it's not like the wasted management, but it'll be similar. It'll be a good vibe. The wasted management, love it. Um, look, uh, you, you've got a first-hand look of all the pros out there today, mate. Who's looking good? Mm. Any of the Kiwis looking good? Yeah, you, you can't go past Steve Elka. Steve Alka um, last year was third after the first day. He shot 65, so he was pretty sharp. Everyone will be looking at Steve Alka. Dan Hillier, uh, very good golfer. Steve Williams on his bag, so if his body allows him to, I'm pretty sure he'll be he'll be pretty good or there or thereabouts. Ben Campbell, he's a local um, prospect. He's a member at Millbrook. He was pretty good last year in the tournament as well. I think he'll be good, but no one can go past Kazuma Kabori. Kazuma Kabori's won heaps over in Australia, and everyone I talk to talks about Kazuma being the best putter in the world. Not in Australia, in the world. You look at his statistics and the way that he, um, you know, drains putts and things like that. So um, I'd say Kazuma would have to be one of the hot favourites for, for New Zealand to contingent. And Michael Hendry, like, there's so many good golfers here, man. Like, 2017 was the last time that New Zealander won it. I'm sick of these Aussies winning it, mate. I am sick of these Aussies winning everything. They even won the chipping comp the other day with Ash Barty and Andy Lee, and I couldn't believe it. We had two teams against one, and we lost. So hopefully that's not an omen, and we can get a Kiwi up there holding the, holding the big trophy at the end of it. Izzy, don't strangle the grip, according to Mark. That's what he's saying, don't strangle the grip. <laughs> hey, uh, any chance you can hit Kazuma up for some putting tips before you tee off at 8.57? Well... It's a funny one. You don't know what you got, what you say to these pros, like because you know me. I'm a joke. I'm a oh, funny guy. Do I go up and give him a bat slap and say good luck today, son, or do I just kind of walk past and give him a little tip of the hat? I don't know. Mm. I don't know what the kind of etiquette is. Yeah. I'm pretty loose, pretty random. So I don't know. I said to my pro, if I if he drains a birdie, I'm going to jump on his back and ride him <laughs> like a horse. So uh, and he, he he's got, he's expecting that today. So um, we're going to have some fun. We'll wrap it up and. See how we get on. Yeah, nice, mate. He'll be he'll be happy that you've uh, you, you you've been dry and that you've been uh, working out. Then you, 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 that's an extra ten kilos you won't have to carry around the track. Yeah, well, I've got, I've bought my caddy, mate, and he is probably fifty kilos dripping wet. And he picked up the bag before, and this was just leaving the room. He goes, "Ah, my back!" I'm like, nice. what, what, did I, what did I bring you for? He never played golf. He doesn't understand anything etiquette. So hopefully, it's an omen. We might be all right. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna. It's got. I've got pictures of Happy Gilmore going through my head. Um, yeah. I'll is, probably have to carry my own bag after five. Yeah, I think so, mate. I think so. Can you get a cart? Can you get a cart? Um, so beefy no, styles. No. No, no, only Beefy gets carts, and only Beefy does what Beefy does. We used to say we had a practice round here, 
everyone plays in Melbourne. No, no, no. Beefy goes to Beefy goes to the hills, but he has a game at the hills down the road. So no, no, no. If you've got a sir in front of your name, yeah. you can do what you want. Oh, yeah, so Beefy's the only one who gets to uh, pick his own tea times as well. A little late start for Beefy. Yeah, all the late starts for Beefy. Yeah, so Beefy, I think he's a lord now, so he's even better than the sir. Wow, Lord, Be- Lord Beefy, how good stuff is he? All right, mate. Hey, listen, we'll let you go. I know you got a big day ahead of you. Thanks for giving us some time, bro. And we'll talk to you tomorrow and get your super rugby tips, eh? Yeah, beautiful boys. Love All right, mate. See, sounds much, good. Man. Have a good day. Yeah, you too, man. You too. Uh, Izzy Dag with us uh, at the New Zealand Open. He tees off uh, in about an hour's time. How do you reckon he's sounding, mate? Well, he's sounding six months sober. Yeah, and sprightly. Sprightly. Yeah, very sprightly. Yeah, love so, it. Uh, Scooby it Doo, though, that's a concern. <laughs> Scooby Doo dreams. Yeah, who that do you is reckon? A concern. Who do you reckon when he when he pulls the uh, when he pulls the mask off? Who do you reckon's underneath it? <laughs> it's got to be Baz. It's got to be Baz. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be Baz. Hundred percent. It's got to <laughs> be Baz. It is uh, eight minutes away from eight o'clock. Here, you're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Plenty of texts coming through to about Izzy's golf game. Um, I know that you go pretty long. You've played Millbrook. How narrow are those fairways? Because he's saying he's spraying it. How far is it, do you have to spray it to be <laughs> off the fairway? Not very far. <laughs> <laughs> very thankful that he's got ball spotters. Mine is a bit of slate on some of the side uh-huh. of the holes. Yeah. So it can always bounce back towards well, that, the fairway. That's what you want. I'd imagine that's kind of, you know, as he's the type of golfer, I reckon might actually play to bank it off the slate. Yeah, just a bit of a snooker style. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. Just know that he's got that fade or that hook. Yeah, well, that would be outstanding. That's what you want, right? <laughs> you, you want to be able to do that. I mean, who's. I mean, we talked about you. You played golf. Uh, you play golf a lot. You're you're playing. You used to play off about a one. You're now off about a four. But who is the best non-pro you've played with? Uh, Ricky Ponting, by a long way. Yeah, I played with him in Mumbai, and he was six under through nine holes. Wow. Yeah, shot like seven or eight under in the whole eighteen. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I think um, New was Zealand Open course? maybe four, four, five years ago. I think he was he beat his pro. Yeah. In his group in the first couple of rounds. So, like, he's he's proper, mate. His old man used to be a, a golf pro, a coaching oh. pro. Um, so taught him, um, obviously, growing up. And they used to play lots of golf growing up. So he he's the man. Yeah, he's the man to watch. Uh, good little swing. Hits the ball a mile as well. Yeah, that is outstanding. We had him on yesterday. Did you? And yeah, yeah. No, he was uh, – because we talked about that that year that he went real well and then sort of faded in the last nine of, mm. of the second round uh, and he and ended up missing the cut and he, he put that down to too many Shirazes the night before. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. That was, a, that was probably the taste testing for his own label. Yeah, well, we did mention Ponting Wines a couple of times yesterday. It was um, probably the prerequisite to get him to pick up his phone. <laughs> he was on the driving range, actually. I think we did well to get him. But uh, anyway, we will update you with more of that scores because the first guys are just teeing off now. And we're talking to Marcus Wheelhouse next. Ricardo and Mitch McLennigan with you, Izzy, at the New Zealand Golf Open. Speaking of New Zealand Golf Open, we're going to talk to Marcus Wheelhouse shortly. We'll also catch up with Paul Mawadi from the TAB and Rob Wellwood for a Love Racing update as well. Uh, who am I? Clue number three. $100 Adidas Golf Voucher up for grabs. The new Tour 360 24 from Adidas Golf. Available now at adidas.co.nz. Here are the clues for you. I'll go back to the start. I'll give you clue number one. Clue number one is I played first 15 for Kings and I won the 1A comp with them. Clue number two is I made my T20 ODI and test debuts all against England. 
And clue number three is I won the player of the tournament at the ICC Under-19 World Cup where I took 17 wickets at an average of 6.64. If you know the answer to that, double eight double three, the temper bedpost text machine. Let us know who you think that is. All the correct answers in the draw to win that $100 Adidas golf voucher. We'll make that draw before 9 o'clock as well. Uh, the Golf Open, New Zealand Golf Open, of course, we've been talking about it, and Marcus Wheelhouse is there, of course, uh, sometimes coach of, of Ryan Fox. Uh, unfortunately, Fox is not back for this one, but Marcus keeping busy, no doubt, anyway, uh, live from Queenstown. How, how's it looking down there, Marcus? So, uh, Welcome to the show. Oh, he's dropped off. What a surprise. Ah, excellent. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, $100 Adidas golf out truck for grabs. I was just going to say that uh, those those figures, the under-19 World Cup, mm. 17 wickets at an average of 6.64, reasonably dominant. Yeah, definitely was bowling faster than he does now. Yeah, well, there you go. There's, a, there's another clue. Uh, there's another clue. We may have mentioned that earlier in the show. We'll just uh, wait for Marcus Wheelhouse to get back on the line and talk uh, some more of the uh, New Zealand Golf Open, or some New Zealand Golf Open at all. Uh, FA Cup games getting underway shortly as well. Manchester United at Nottingham Forest. They've just put their team out. Also, we've got uh, Chelsea up against uh, Leeds, Wolves against Brighton, and Liverpool play Southampton this morning as well. And um, we'll keep you up to date with those scores. I think the first game kicks off at 8.30. Marcus Wilhouse joins us now, mate. Good morning to you, Marcus. How is it uh, looking down there at the uh, New Zealand Golf Open? Well, it's looking very nice, gentlemen. It's uh, obviously a very uh, beautiful part of the world, and the golf course is matching it. It's uh, no, everything's stunning down here. It's it's, it's uh, nice to be down here. I haven't been down here for a few years. Nice, mate. Now Gallagher is the exclusive insurance partner of the New Zealand Open, and Marcus, I know Ryan isn't there, but no doubt you're keeping yourself busy. Who are you looking after while you're down there? I just had about a 20-minute chat with Foxy over in Florida, actually. Um, but no, he's well. Um, I am down with uh, a guy by the name of Ben Campbell, who's a very good player, obviously. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, it's been it's been a nice few days, prepping for it. Marcus, uh, Ben Campbell, um, really interesting, right? Because obviously you're working with him, and he, he went over to that live uh, qualifier event, and he spoke uh, at length in the media about um, how good it was to be around those professionals. Um, what kind of conversations did he come back after that experience and and share with you around the professionalism or, or where he thinks he needs to take his game? Yeah, it's a really good. Um, Really good question. I, you know, he, he came back fizzing, and it was it was great to, to, to hear some of the stories. I mean, there's basically a, you know his perception was that you know he was going to go over and everybody was going to be listening to uh, a DJ and sort of cruising around and and um, sipping pina coladas, but it was very far from that. You know, everybody's had their team. They were they were working uh, working really hard. Um, you know, their physios and their coaches, and and yeah, a lot of a lot of mode of you know just just professionalism, which is. Yeah, you know, they've got some great players on that live tour, and it's not going anywhere. So, uh, um, yes, it's it's great that's been you know a part of that, and and uh, I, I never want to wish an injury on anybody, but I hope um, yeah, I hope he gets a start. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, look, before going on to the New Zealand Open and and probably a bit of Foxy, probably just touch on that Anthony Kim. He's making his debut, a long-awaited return. Uh, what do you make yeah. of that? Oh look, I, I just think that the game of golf uh, needs some, you know, some diversity and some and some different things around it, you know, from an entertainment point of view. And you know, there's been a lot of publicity about what he used to get up to at different stages on the PGA Tour. But I think it's, I think there's, you know, 
there's golf's cool, you know, and uh, it's it's gotten cooler in the last, uh, you know, probably five to, to ten years, or definitely the last five years anyway. So, and he's he's cool, you know. So that's it's great. That's great for the game. Um, it's going to bring in another another viewership, if you want to call it that. Um, so no, nothing but good. Um, and I just wanted to quickly on that as well. When he did come out, he he said this amazing quote. Uh, I think he said he's going to come out and bust some ass. Is that a common phrase used in the golfing world? Of course. You hear that in the <laughs> RNA all the time. <laughs> Let's get out there and bust some ass. Yeah, uh, yeah no, but that, that, that's to my point. You know, like that's just going to appeal. It's, a, it's like the, you know, people, a lot of people poo-pooed the, the Phoenix Open a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, and, and but, you know, there's a part of the world that's not, you know, got a tweed jacket on and, and a tie and, and i and i love i'm a traditionalist so, you know, i love that part of the game you know um but i think there's room for everything you know i think that's um we we are in the entertainment business and and you know that's um busting some masses uh is is, is appealing to to, uh, to the younger folks i guess i don't know yeah well, there you go it's just starting to sound like wwe um now um i i from what i understand of ben um i, I know what Mitch has just said, but he's playing at his home course this weekend, isn't he? Does that give him an advantage? How different is Millbrook this weekend to what it could be any other weekend? Um, look, I mean, I think the big, you know, advantage of, of that is, like, I mean, we played, you know, 18 holes around the practice round yesterday and he was playing with, a, you know, an, another local guy and, and just their, I suppose, their knowledge of the wins and, as you probably can appreciate, Queenstown and, and Arrowtown especially is very hilly and, and a lot of swirling winds. Um, so that local knowledge is definitely a um, definitely a shot, you know, or two, I'd say, around almost just 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 knowing how it, how it works in the slightly sort of uh, different directions. Um, yeah, even he's comfortable down there. He's going to have a lot of people out there watching him, um, you know, that the locals that that know him, and he's a great guy um, and likable guy. So it's a it's a fun, a really fun week for him. Uh, he's in it. He's third favourite out of New Zealanders, um, and at twenty-one dollars, um, Dan Hilly is number one, and um, Kabori is number two at twelve and thirteen dollars. Uh, are they the main other New Zealanders to look out for, is, or have you got a roughie for our listeners out there? Um, for the Kiwi side of things, um, I, I don't know about. He's not a roughie, but um, I watched Mike Hendry had a few the other day, and that was pretty impressive. Um, and so I think there's, and he's, you know, he's he's a proven winner around around here as well. So uh, yeah, he's he'd be my he'd be my other card. All right. What about um, interested to get your take on Steve Elker? Obviously, really really successful on the senior tour. Um, but how yes. much different is it when he's playing with guys you know twenty years younger than him? Um, do, you, do you give him much of a shot? Has he still got the length in his game to be able to to win a tournament like this? As soon as you said that name, I felt quite stink. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, he's, he's, he's another, yeah, he's another great one. I mean, Millbrook's not that, you know, it's not broadly long. Um, obviously, length is always a factor. You know, it's always an advantage if you've got length. Um, you know, there'll be the odd par five that you can get into two that you couldn't otherwise, and etc. But um, yeah, of the golf courses that, you know, for him to suit to suit, you know, in that sort of framework of what he's working with, he still I had a really good chat with him the other day on the range, and you know, he's still got a lot of burn there and, and desire and, and he's, you know, he's still, his club head speed's still pretty decent. You know, he's up around sort of 112, 115, which is not, you know, crazy long, obviously, but it's still very playable. And uh, and around this golf course, I think, uh, yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't count him out at all. He's re- he's pretty rested. He got in here, you know, quite a few days ago, like, like last Wednesday. I think last year he, he f- sort of flew in almost on the 
you know, on the on the Monday or the Tuesday, which is hard for us old fellas to do that. But um, so yeah, no, he's 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 good. He's uh, he's another one. Well, that's great to hear. It's going to be an absolute ripper of a tournament. Um, obviously, you said you just got off the the phone with Foxy. Uh, what's the oil, mate? Twenty minutes? Is that a short or a long chat? And how is he travelling? Well, it's pretty long for him. He's a man of few words sometimes. <laughs> but no, he was he was uh, no, he's he was good. He's he, and he, uh, that was very sarcastic because he, he chats all the time. Um, but no, he's he's good, man. He's uh, he's yeah, he, look, he's not obviously you know he's missed a couple of cuts over the air and he's got a few little things sort of eking away. But um, look, you know he's got his kids over there. They were a bit crook the first week and he didn't have a lot of sleep and a, and a few things. And he's adjusting to the American way. Um, look, I, I think you know maybe this week the course, the PGA National course, um, it, it's a tough one for him because really really tight. There's water both, you know. There's lots of lots of rubbish around there, mm. um, but 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 I've said that before with him, and he's and he's gone out there and and uh, and played really smart and done well on tight golf courses as well. So you just never know. Golf's a weird game, so uh, it'll turn around, mate. He's too good to uh, to keep it keep it at bay all the time. He's um, he'll, he'll get there. Yeah, that's good. And most of our New Zealand golf fans, or even uh, tipping fans here in New Zealand, like to put a little cheeky tenor on him when it comes to the majors. Uh, if he was going to win one this year or go close, uh, which of the four do you think he's got the best chance in? Well, it's it's one of those things where you you probably you probably like him the most at at um, at the, like a PGA or, or or the Masters probably would be the first you know, but the Open obviously is at Troon this year, uh, and I think that's probably the pick for me out of the out of the four majors for him. He's uh, he, lo- he loves Lynx golf, um, and Troon Troon's a, you know out of all the well, not all the rouses, but the, it's a, it's a, you've got to, you know, you, it's a ball strikers, you know, course. Um, you've got to really sort of plod your way around there nicely. So uh, that would be my pick for him. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Kazuma Kabori, mate. Um, I don't know how much you've actually seen him in the flesh, but he won three of his first four pro starts. He, I think he finished sixth as an amateur at the New Zealand Open uh, last year. Have, have you seen much of him? What do you make of him? And where do you think the ceiling is for him at the moment? Yeah, I watched him at a few balls um, on the range, and I've seen him, you know, play a few holes on the odd, odd occasion. Um, excuse me, poached eggs, just Ooh. just uh, milling around. Nice, um, sourdough. So no, no, a little bit of gluten-free action actually. Mm, okay. That's quite good. Yeah, good. Um, and um, watching the inflammation. Um, <laughs> I think he's he sits in a space of you know, like super talented, obviously uh, amazing start, you know, to do you know what he's done. Um, he's a great putter. Uh, and so, you know, where you fit from there, I mean, that's a obviously a you know a confidence thing. I'd, I think it's the sixth week in a row, which would be the only concern. But but he's young, um, and he's you know he's he's got energy to burn, and he'll get his uh, adrenal glands going up for this weekend. I'm sure it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, it's a, it's certainly one of those golf courses where it's you know it's not long. He's he, I don't think he's in, extremely long, um, so that's that's not a deterrent for around here. Um, so that's good. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he looks good. I was going to say, as he told me a story the other day that um, he saw him on one of the practice greens, and as he had been there for a little bit, you know, trying trying to work on his on his putting, and he said they were talking because Uma Kabori just threw a ball down, and as he's talking to Izzy, um, hold it from about thirty yards without even you know really lining anything up. Just had a had a go and and that, which is just ridiculous uh, to me. Uh, what is what is the what is the secret? Sounds like Shiva Chase and Caddyshack. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, he was like, as he was just like, oh my god, you know. Um, uh, what is the secret 
to good putting. As a, as a coach, if, you, if you're struggling with your putting, what's the one thing you reckon you should do first? Well, it's, it's going to sound a crazy comment, but the, the, when you putt your best, you don't actually try and hold a putt. And, uh, and you know, that's, it's a crazy statement, I know, but that's actually, if you think about it, the, the, if you just actually just react to what you see and just, it's a bit like throwing a ball. Um, and when, you, when you're young and, and you've got no fear and you've got, you know, um, a good technique, which he has, um, obviously, you know, if you've spent a lot of time around a green and just looking at a green and reading a green and just being you know, started on the line, you, you create an incredible feel and that's I mean that's you see those great putters they've just got this real natural knack of just sort of seeing and reacting I don't know if you remember Aaron Badley you know he used to like just it was almost aim and shoot and had played very fast but but just like really reactive and that's what I see with the great putters is they just you know there's nothing too, too technical about them they just get up there and they just look at the putt and just sort of feel it in their mind and and, and it transfers into their hands um and not everybody's got that ability, but it's um, it's pretty impressive to see, and he's certainly got that. All right. Hey, listen, I don't want your poached eggs on gluten-free toast to go cold, so we'll let you go, Marcus. I appreciate your time, mate. Have a great weekend in Queenstown. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh, Gal- yeah, Cheers. Marcus Wheelhouse out of the New Zealand Open there. Uh, Gallagher ins- uh, Insurance, exclusive insurance partner of the New Zealand Open, helping Kiwis for over 45 years. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. 0800 150 or double eight double three. That is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable smart bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can sleep blissfully. And uh, yeah, it was great uh, to have a catch up there uh, with Marcus Wheelhouse and get a take on that New Zealand Open, uh, Mitch. And yeah, it's just... Um, I guess interesting to see how different players approach things. I mean, we heard, I know Izzy's not a pro, but we heard Izzy talking about it, and then, but then Marcus gave us some insight into some of the players he's worked with and the different approaches they have. He did, it was great. And I, I guess probably um, when I said Anthony Kim, you're the sporting encyclopedia that you are, Ricardo. You didn't have no idea who he was. Well, but, no. And there's probably a few listeners out there who, again, are all in the same boat. But Anthony Kim had 122 starts on the PGA Tour, won three times, made 84 cuts out of those 122, made 12 million. And that was back in the mid, oh, sorry, early 2000s. Wow. And it was right when Tiger was at his prime. And he was challenging Tiger and really pushing him in quite a few events. And Tiger spoke very, very highly of him. He said he hadn't seen a, a youngster swing the club like he did. Very unique. Chokes down on the club um, from like his junior days. Um, and just a very compact swing as well. So uh, he was a high-quality player, and then all of a sudden he just went missing, just gave the game up. So it's been almost 18 years since he, he swung the club again, So uh, or 15. So uh, it's great to have him back in golf. As Marcus alluded to, he's a character. Um, been a few. There's a few clips out there with him and Tiger Woods and talking about their warm-up routines and Tiger going through how regimented his routine was and how structured it was. If you're a golfer, you know he hits X amount of uh, balls of each club and Anthony Kim says, well, some days I just rock up, hit a couple of seven irons, a couple of drives and, and away we go. So uh, <laughs> that's the type of person he was and, and that's the flair he kind of brings to the modern-day golf now. I, th- I think that's probably why I've never heard of him. Because I would have thought that if you're going to be a professional sportsman, right, and if you wake up one day and you can drive 200 yards and you wake up another day and you drive 300 yards, you go, well, how can I be 300 yards every time? What do I need to do to get that consistency? And he's like, nah, 
Yeah, oh, he's a beauty, mate. Like most of those pros, they know exactly how far they hit it, all this track man, all that kind of stuff. He said, like, he'd turn up in the morning and he could hit his pitching wedge 100 metres or he could hit it 140 metres and he just had to figure out his clubs on the day every morning. So uh, he's a fascinating player, um, a great personality for the game and uh, it's great to see him back. So whether you're a live fan, uh, live golf fan or not, uh, it's well worth a watch this week in Saudi, see how he goes. Yeah, all right. Uh, now, Gallagher Insurance has been helping Kiwis face their future with confidence for over 45 years. Who is leading the New Zealand Golf Open early? Well, uh, not everyone's teed off, obviously. They only just teed off probably about uh, not even an hour ago, the first players. But uh, we've got uh, Brendan Rankin is two under. Uh, Neil Flanagan is also two under. So they're tied for first. Dan Hillier and uh, Kazuma Kabore, both one under. And Kabori's only played one hole. One hole, one birdie. Started on fire. Uh, Katsu and Wolves Cobb are also tied with them. And then everybody else is tied back in eighth. Everybody on par. So that is how things look at the moment. Uh, early doors in the New Zealand Open. Gallagher is helping with all your insurance needs so you can face your future with confidence. Keep your texts rolling through as well. Double eight, double three. Love to hear from you. Um, now, there's a few questions that have come through. This one, uh, obviously, Mitch, because uh, you're a cricketer, uh, lots of cricket questions coming through this morning, but this one from Chris. Southie is too slow. He didn't hold an end against South Africa. He went for three and over. He has had. He has been nothing short of brilliant for New Zealand, but at 125k, he needs to give one of these young guys who will by 145 and take wickets a go. Uh, they, we need to trouble the Aussies. If we can't bowl them out, we can't win. That is from Chris. Yep, good point. Good point. I guess it's not going to change today um, in terms of how they're going to line up today and probably not going to happen in the next test. But you're right, if you start stringing performances like that in a, in a row, um, the conversations need to be had. Um, I guess you do have Doug Bracewell who can do that role. Jacob Duffy's been in the wings for a long period of time. Um, so it's when they do get an opportunity, um, but that's that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, isn't it, Ricardo? Mm. You've got one of the greatest outswing bowlers of all time, particularly in New Zealand history. Um, and if he doesn't want to give up the ghost, uh, I can't believe I can't imagine he's going to sit down with himself and tell himself he's bowling too slow and and that he might need to retire. Well, there's I mean, he's part, not only is he uh, part of the leadership group, but now he's captain, right? So that makes it more difficult. I mean, in the past. I think when Kane was captain, this might have been an easier decision to make, um, but now it, it's that much harder because you need your captain to be somebody who's first name on the sheet, basically, don't you? Yep, and he has been dropped in the past. I remember a test in Dunedin, um, he got dropped out of the side as well, and, and Wags played ahead of him. Um, so, uh, yeah, it has happened in the past. Um, I think I think we've got to also look at, if you, if he's not on the park, and you are playing all these young guys, um, sometimes when they are debuting, and this is maybe part of New Zealand cricket's transition period to get these young guys some experience, yep. the likes of Willow Rourke and these other guys, if you don't have a senior bowler on the park um, and things start to go awry, um, that lack of experience can be quite significant. And and I think while he's still in the setup and still playing and still probably trying to get that Richard Hadley, Sir Richard Hadley record, um, I think it's good to blood the odd young player into the team while he's still there um, so they can learn on the job. Yeah, all right. Okay, there you go. Uh, thanks for that answer, Mitch. Keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three. Paul Mawadi joins us shortly from the TAB. We also have a Love Racing update with Rob Wellwood before nine o'clock. Uh, right now, though, here is Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. 
Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Paul, the money Mawati joins us. Paul, we've got a test match starting at 11 today. Uh, well, that's when the first ball is bowled. We've got live coverage here from 10 o'clock. We've already had a text through from Marshy saying, Morena boys, we've got to win the toss and put the Aussies in and rip into them. Uh, has the money changed? Because I know the other day we were talking, it was very much on Australia. Yeah, we've taken around 60% of turnover uh, on Australia uh, in that um, uh, head-to-head market. So there has been, um, I guess, slightly more um, support for the Aussies. However, the Black Caps have come in um, from that um, initial quote when the boys first opened um, that market. So they're now 360, the Black Caps. Australia now out to a dollar sixty-four and the draws at four ninety-five. So slightly more action on Australia than we've taken on New Zealand or the draw. Uh, I can tell you there are a number of uh, power plays um, that punters have really got stuck into. Um, any player to hit a six in the first session uh, of day one at ten dollars has been very, very popular with punters. So um, hopefully we do see a wee bit of action at the Basin early on uh, for those punters who have backed that one. There's another one. First innings, Mitch Stark, Pat Cummings and Josh Hazelwood, each to get two or more wickets at $10. That's been uh, snapped up as well. And there is a boosted market on Williamson to get a century in the first innings, and Cummings to get three or more wickets. That's been boosted from $8 out to $11. That's also seen uh, lots of support from punters. So, yes, Australia, very popular, even though they have drifted slightly from their opening quote. Yeah, beautiful. Really like that one. If the Aussies uh, end up batting first, at six uh, power players uh, right up there for me. Uh, we're talking a bit of golf this morning. You got a bit of action around the New Zealand Open? Boy, oh boy, have we ever. Um, Our worst result is Kazuma Kabori, um, who, of course, is plying his trade just across the ditch um, these days uh, and has won three tournaments on that WebEx Players Series. Uh, So he's coming in with some very, very good form behind him. I know he was around $10 or $11 prior to the tournament starting. He... He also finished sixth in the New Zealand Open as an amateur uh, last year. So he is he is someone that punters are looking towards, and I can understand why. And if he does uh, get up and win the tournament, it will be a terrible result for us. He has been very well supported by punters. Excellent, excellent. Um, I heard a bit of blasphemy as well on the radio yesterday. Someone saying that the the Seagulls are going to get trounced by the Rabbitohs, uh, looking at the NRL, and Tommy Trevojevic wasn't going to score a try. Uh, tell me they're wrong. Well, I'll tell you what, there are a number of punters who think they're wrong because um, he has been very well back. Uh, in terms of the head-to-head, though, uh, for that, um, the Bunnies have seen... Quite a bit of cash flow their way. They're currently a dollar seventy for the bunnies to beat the Sea Eagles over there in Vegas on Sunday afternoon our time. Um, but in terms of try scorers, uh, Tommy Turbo has always been one of the most popular players with punters, and the way that he just glides into gaps um, and then 
it doesn't even look like he's trying to run very fast. He just is running really, really fast. Um, so I can understand why punters have gravitated towards uh, Tommy T. But, yep, uh, there's money for both teams, but slightly more on the uh, Rabbitohs as we speak on Thursday morning. All right. Okay, that's interesting because I don't look like I run very fast either. Um, but there's a reason for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, slight difference, Ricardo. You got downhill. Yeah, got downhill. Yeah, yeah. Momentum is my friend. Hey, Paul. Uh, you've. It looks like you guys have taken some serious cash on the Highlanders in the last hour or two. We were talking uh, this morning just after seven, looking at the market, and I think the Highlanders were paying four forty head to head against the Blues. They are now at three eighty, and the point starts gone from thirteen and a half to eleven and a half. Yep, the, the market's told us um, that the opening line was wrong, that um, we didn't respect the Highlanders enough um, and the bookies have had to respond to that. So, yeah, you, you're right. There's been a big, big move for the Highlanders, a big go for them. So, And, and certainly in that point start market as well. So it's just it just forced the bookies' hand. It's not to say that the Blues haven't seen a bit of support, but when you get a, a, a few uh, bets land the way, uh, go the way of a $4.40 shot, you have to move and, uh, I guess, respond to the sort of uh, action that we're uh, taking from punters on the Highlanders. So, yeah, they have been um, very well supported. Um, so uh, most punters hoping for an upset in that uh, first match of Super Rugby, the Super Round of Super Rugby. Yeah, it's going to be uh, great, mate. I mean, I, I do think personally that the Blues will probably win, but I just thought the value at 440 was definitely with the Highlanders because they look pretty good in round one and they've had a good preseason. Yeah, they should. Yeah, as you say, round one, they were tested by Moana Pacifica, um, but they, uh, they responded very, very well. Um, they've got players across the park who are game-breakers, uh, Falau Fakatawa, I thought he had a, a mighty game in the number nine jersey, and he just showed with that behind-the-back flick pass um, that he, he's got something special. He can change a game. Um, and so that's why we've seen the Highlanders uh, get crunched in um, from that opening quote. In fact, I think they might have been a little bit longer than 4.40 when the boys first opened that market on Monday. Yeah, okay. Well, that, uh, mate, we have to get you to do some homework on that one. I just had a text through from Dave in Karaka, actually, to Paulie, and I, I think he's got his tongue firmly in his cheek, but he's uh, he said, Morning, boys, do you reckon the TAB could run a point start on the test? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so... What are, we, what are we giving the Aussies? What, minus 142 runs? We're, 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 that's just, no, nah, come on, guys. Minus we're, seven we're, wickets. We're going to stand up. Williamson is going to guide us through this time. All right. Paulie has the belief, mate. We'll let you go. Thanks for coming on, mate, and have a great weekend, eh? Yeah, cheers, Ricardo. And I, I hope that uh, as he goes well down there in Queenstown, uh, I know he's working hard. And hopefully he doesn't get a 13 or a 14 like he did last time. Well, I thought that $131 for him to win was just, uh, you know, mirroring his score from last time. <laughs> oh, looks like they've got some great weather down there. So all the best there. And if Kazuma Kabori does get up and win, um, there'll be a lot of very, very happy Kiwi punters out there come Sunday afternoon. Well, I can tell you it's one under through one, Paul. So, uh, yeah, hold on to your seat. Go well, mate. Uh, check all the odds, promos and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely R18 when we come back. It's a love racing update. Loveracing.nz is your home of thoroughbred racing. Rob Wellwood joins us now. Morning, Rob. How are you doing? 
Yeah, morning. Very well. That's a story, mate. Now, uh, a couple of days ago, we had the NZB Kiwi slot auction. I think um, uh, the minimum was four fifty for a slot, and they ended up smashing that out of the park. Were you surprised how much money that attracted? Yeah, look, it was sort of uh, very hard to, to know sort of what uh, what price they went for, but I think it's encouraging to see them all. I think the minimum was six fifty, and the I think the highest price one was seven twenty five. So. Uh, it's obviously a, a great result for the race and the initiatives um, working at this early stage, and um, uh, it's all it's all pretty exciting. We're just got to hope we've got a horse that uh, that one of the slot holders wants in the race now. Well, who are you thinking, mate? Who are you eyeing out of your stable? Do you think that could do a job there? Oh, look, hard to know. Look, we've uh, um, we sort of you know haven't haven't really tried a lot of the two year olds yet. Um, the next couple of months we're We'll reel a few out to the trials and, and the races in the in the autumn, but um, yeah, really, it's a, you know it's basically a year away from now, so uh, uh, we can only hope and dream that that there's one there that puts its hand up. Yeah, it didn't help that yesterday uh, Sabina didn't get a run, mate. Um, we've had a few texts about that this morning, uh, so interested to get your take on this. Kevin uh, from Titarangi, uh, is, uh, he loves his racing. He's texted through and he said, how much more do we have to put up with these race day cancellations? Hastings, how many times has this been now? It's two at least in so many months, simply not good enough. Um, what's your take on what happened yesterday? What could they have done better? Um, look, I mean, it's it's obviously just very unfortunate the way that the um, the weather was, the fact that the, the the rain came in the afternoon. Had that not have come, the, the meeting would have um, run without a, a hitch. Um, the hard thing yesterday, they got through races that had absolutely no issue. Um, the rain came in because it was a good four. They felt that um, there was a potential of slipping um, had they run another race, but you know, there wasn't actually a horse that had slipped. There, there had been nothing go wrong with the meeting. It was, um, it's the first time I've ever seen it happen. I've seen meetings called off because something's happened, but I've never seen them um, call it off just, um, you know, prior to, to anything happening. Um, look, I mean, the only way it, it, it wouldn't have been like that is if the track had started as a as a five or a six at the start of the day. Um, and then if we had rain, it, w- it would have gone in. But, um, you know, on the other side of that, you get punters that aren't happy because, you know, you're in summer and you're racing on a, a track that's a five or a six. So, um, uh, look, I'm not a track manager. I don't know the, the exact results, but we've got to do better. Um, that's as simple as that. It's very hard on owners and trainers and, and everyone involved to, to, you know, all the cost of getting down there. And, and then not only that, the um, how it sort of mucks with your program. Um, you know, some of those fillies will have gone down to Hastings and now have to travel to wherever it heads um, if they reschedule the race, um, and then it tightens your your, um, you know, your space up between the, that run and, and and a potential Oaks. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the thing because you know you see this, and I know there's been money spent on all weather tracks uh, for Christchurch and Manawatu in the last few years, uh, but you don't see this, don't seem to see this happen. Say, I, I mean, I know it's a different course, but say Flemington or places like that, they get rain come through. They don't, they're not cancelling races uh, or cancelling uh, the rest of meetings. Um, given there's so much yeah, money a, in racing now, like with the slot race we talked about, you'd think this might be a thing of the past. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, um, our our percentage of meetings cancelled is actually lower than than what what um, of Australia. Um, yes, very rarely you see those few city tracks um, have cancellations, but um, you'd be surprised if you looked at the numbers. Um, yeah, it's it is something that everyone um, 
you know, deals with. Um, you can always want to do better. I do know that NZTR, you know, they've obviously put money into um, Awapuni's getting uh, revamped at the moment. Te Araha has been done. It's obviously had a few other little issues, um, which isn't ideal. Uh, Ellerslie's, uh, obviously, but with the merger and things, it's been done up. So I think there's things happening, but... Um, uh, obviously, the fact that yeah, I think this is three times in the last twelve months Hastings, um, you know, isn't good enough. There's got to be something done. Um, I think everyone's getting sick of um, having press releases that that say this and that, and then you sort of feel like you're still at the same same spot. So um, uh, I, it's not an overnight fix. I yeah, I'm still scratching my head a little bit about yesterday. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just um, it, it, as I say, um, not to say it's okay, but um, it, it is something that that uh, all jurisdictions um, you know have to deal with. All right, mate. Let's talk something a bit more positive then. Let's talk some actual racing. Derby Day this Saturday, orchestral uh, running in the Derby. She's pretty good at the Avondale Guineas last start. How, how, how do you think she's tracking? You must be pretty confident going into this weekend. Um, yeah, look, you're never confident heading into a derby. You're just hopeful that everything goes right. Um, she obviously her last two starts have been phenomenal with the Evandale Guineas and the, and the crack a million and um, the way she sort of run through the line in both at the mile and a half looks like it's going to be no trouble to her. But um, look, we've seen favourites head there before and the trainers and jockey think that they'll see a mile and a half no problem and and perhaps the the uh, another horse wins that that is a real genuine um, mile and a half horse. So. Uh, uh, yeah, look, we're we're really happy with her, but um, yeah, you just got to hope that that everything, uh, all boxes are ticked, and and she gets um, a fair crack at it on the day. Well, mate, some might say you've got an unfair advantage with a training partner like Roger James, who's going for a sixth win. Uh, surely that's got to that's got to help a little bit of know how uh, from the trainer in terms of getting the horse around the track and uh, getting it to the pointy end at the right time. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. He's as as you say, he's um, uh, he's done it. Well, he's won it many times and run second um, as well a lot. So uh, he, yeah, he's um, uh, sort of knows the lay of the land again. These horses here, but in saying that, every horse is different. You, you know, they, you treat them all differently. Some of them take more and less work, and um, yeah. But uh, no, certainly uh, probably do have a bit of an advantage with uh, someone with so much uh, so much experience. And what about Dionysus? Um, got the Auckland Cup coming up. Won the uh, Waikato Cup. How's how's that tracking? Yeah, really well. He sort of had a bit of a niggle after Waikato Cup, so he needed to run the Taranaki Cup, and, and his run the Avondale Cup I thought was very good. Um, he actually worked this morning and, and worked really nicely, so um, all things being equal, he, he probably goes into that a nice chance, albeit um, you know, carrying a little bit of weight. Rob, appreciate your time this morning, mate. Go well, and uh, have a great weekend. Good luck for the derby, eh? Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Cheers. Uh, featuring Peking Duck, Sir Dave Dobbin Z, and the Black Seeds book now at thegrandtour.nz. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Louis is in the hot seat. We'll catch up with him next. It's a couple of minutes away from 9 o'clock and uh, Louis Humawat is going to take uh, the cutter for an hour between 9 and 10. Then we have coverage of the test out of the base between the Black Caps and the Aussies uh, and uh, the first ball is bowled at about 11. Uh, Louis, good morning to you. you got a big hour lined up, mate? Huge. A full 60-minute episode. Excellent. And um, we're going to start, actually, I'm going to start with my pal Gordon Finlater, who's a, a fantastic journalist. And he is down there at the New Zealand Open uh, covering it for TV3, well, News Hub. 
Um, <laughs> and what a what an absolute blowout that was! Mm. What a what a what a, what a disgrace! What a disgraceful update that we got yesterday morning. So um, I'll talk to that. Just I had I had Gord booked anyway. So um, yeah, I'm not obviously I don't I don't know how much we're going to talk about that. He probably doesn't. What he just wants to talk the golf, which is fair enough because he's out there doing his job um, and he'll be doing it at a very high level as he typically does. So we'll talk a little bit of New Zealand golf. Open and um, then I want to get some calls through, boys. I don't know if you've done any talkback this morning, but I want to open the lines because um, yeah, like I'm I'm perfectly sane. I don't have anxieties or um, any sort of trepidation or, or demons rattling around my tiny dome about what's going to unfold when it's 11 a.m. So I'm I'm doing good. Everyone else, <laughs> everyone else doing sweet. Sweet as, just going to get out there, just win a test match against the Aussies. No stress, no dramas, just perfectly fine. Let's just go out there. Kane Williamson, 250. No, no demons here. I'm fine. Good to hear that you're fine. Good to hear you're fine. Probably just as well you've only got an hour by the sounds of things, Louie. Uh, go well, brother. Have a great show and enjoy the cricket today, eh? Yeah, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, there you go. Uh, Louis Herman Watt running the cutter. Uh, give him a call. 0800 150 811. 0800-150-811. He's taking your calls between 9 and 10. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range.